Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to 32 Fans. I'm Alex Chester, and with me, as always, is Wheels Wienerker. And with me, as not always, we have a special guest this week, Mike Bloom. <laughs> Wheels, how's it rolling? Uh, it's rolling well. Excited to have Mike here. We ha- I think Mike's only been on once before. We had him on for the Hamilton cast. No, twice. You How how little you forget our beloved rankings of the roast battle matches in season two. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that that that's was right. just a couple that's months right. ago. I forgot yeah. about that one. I probably would have thought that was like a like a poster recap, and I really thought about it also. <laughs> well, I was gonna say that I was surprised you did not announce my name, a la the the SNL announcers. It really does not feel akin to the theme of this podcast. Yeah, you should have done that. Oh, that's a okay. Bad, bad job by you. And your get and your host, Mike Bloom, ladies and gentlemen, He's Mike really the guest. Bloom. That's, I mean, if yeah, you that, think about SNL, like the host is essentially the guest. Yeah. It's like the oh, guest for the week. They just call him yeah. the host, but really, it's like yeah. if you invited someone to your house and like made them make kiddish. I, I know Mike doesn't necessarily yeah. get that joke, but it's All like right, Akiva, so I, sorry. I just I want to update you on a couple of things that happened. You know, I went to Denver last week, mm-hmm. yeah, and a, a couple of feedbacks from our uh, our podcast last week, our hot takeoff. Okay. So first of all, so as you know, I brought my wife and children uh, to Denver for two days. Biggest and, mistake uh, of your whole life. <laughs> No, I mean I've made many mistakes in my life. Yeah, but I, I in hindsight, I, I probably should not have done that. I no, don't shouldn't have done that it. point. <laughs> but, and you didn't um, have like so, a suite, right? You just had one junky hotel room. Yeah, we had one hotel room. It was a tight squeeze. Oh, yeah. Tough. On Friday, we, uh, my wife, well, you know, was with the kids all day while I was at the conference, so she got a babysitter, and then I went. I she got a babysitter. Dropped... Well, how's she, she gonna how's she gonna like handle three kids who are all in strollers? We don't have a triple stroller. Jeez. <laughs> Why do you have three kids so close together? What's wrong with you? You have Mike, four. Mike, back me up here. <laughs> I have zero. Anyway, I have zero. Do you know, I do not do you know, have a horse in this race. Let me get to the point ages, here. But, uh, Mike, you have common sense. Like, I, my, my kid's age is like, my oldest kid can take care of the youngest kid. Totally. Like, <laughs> well, somebody make, has to because you're not doing it. It's clearly. not going to be me. But I never had two kids in diapers. You have three without any yeah. twins. Like, you're a buffoon. Well, my kids are two years apart, which is what me and my siblings were growing up. I think that's a good gap. It's we just have one that, stroller you know. when we go out, not three. Like that's insane. Right, anyway, anyway, I'm trying to tell you a joke you'll appreciate. So okay. we have this babysitter, and then I had to drive her back to her campus. She's like a student or whatever. Well, after at the end of the day, so yeah. I, I'm driving her back, and I say, "So what do you do?" So she says, "I'm a poet." Oh. No. <laughs> so I said, "Your parents must be so proud." <laughs> oh, you really said that? 
Yeah, well, Mike, I, I, I was being sincere. Mike, I don't know if you remember last week. Yes, yes, Aki- Akiva said he'd rather his daughter be, um, what did you say? A garbage, a garbage man, a prostitute, anything. Yeah, he had, he had a whole laundry list. I believe that that yeah. might have been, I don't know if I would call that the hottest take. It might have been the best take out of that lot from last The time. most correct. The most correct. Yeah, Other than the nephew sense. thing, I might do. Are you an uncle? Uh, I'm not an uncle. No, no. that okay, was the coldest so take. Even nobody. That was a terrible take. Nobody disagrees with that. Oh yeah, no, but but people don't express it. I think it was like one of these mm, truths that when I said it, it was no. like, oh, this is a biblical truth. But mm, you see that on Facebook all the time. No, people I make never see anti-uncle and aunt stuff. I- I'm starting eh. that wave. Eh. Um. Anyways, so yeah, so so that so that was uh, one of the people I met. In oh, and then, hold on. So I said, what kind of poet are you? She said, I'm an eco poet. So I think I made it worse. <laughs> Does that mean she recycles her poems? <laughs> I would rather no, she... my kid be Bernie Madoff than an eco poet. <laughs> so should we nominate her for a worst living American uh, next Can year? You get her like info. Can we get her on the podcast? We'll, like, <laughs> let her do like an hour and a half eco poetry, and then we just. What are you gonna, are you gonna like trap her? You're gonna be like, oh yeah, come on and do your poetry, and then you're just gonna roast her the entire time? <laughs> no, we're gonna give her. It'll be like uh, it, it'll be an intervention. We'll get her parents I mean, on. I mean, Akiva, if you really want her on, we can do this. I have her phone number. I don't know how I feel about you guys coercing a young woman onto a podcast. <laughs> Is this woman like <laughs> Under false 18? pretenses. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that happened. What else happened? Um, oh, I, I, I may have some bad news. I'm supposed to be taking the SAT in a couple of weeks, as you know. Yeah. Mike, you know about this? I do. You're, uh, you got the, the letter from the rabbi and everything. Yes, yes I did. I submitted, my, I submitted my application. I paid on the credit card. I, you know, I uh, got a receipt. On my, I saw my credit card statement. Uh, the SAT charged me. And they sent me a very strongly worded email uh, a couple of days ago mm. where they said that uh, they have suspicions about my motives and I have to answer the following questions, and I have 15 minutes to do it, and I cannot press back once I start. It was, like, very, very aggressive and sort of mean. Are you allowed so to I, disclose what the questions were? Why are you taking the SAT? What are you oh. going to do with this test? Like, things like that. But I like um, how they said you can't say back, like, oh, no, you can't, you can't say, oh, well, I uh, Well, I think the reason is because, well, I would have, if I had seen the final page in the beginning, I would have gone back and changed my answers in the beginning. So the. Uh. At the and I guess here's a here's a a tip for anybody who's doing this in the future taking the SATs as an adult. The last page you they make you like sign your name and affirm all these things, and one of them is and I think this is what they're really concerned about. I think you know people can be professional like SAT tutors, and the way that you do that is Princeton Review or whatever company you use. You have to show them that you got a certain score on the test. So if you're like 25 and you're looking for a job, and so you want to be an SAT tutor, well maybe you didn't do as well when you were 16 on the test. But you want to go take it again and then get whatever score you need to become a Princeton uh, review tutor. Mm-hmm. So the last question was you had to aff- I had to affirm that I was not taking this test for the purpose of becoming a uh, teacher uh, of uh, other children for uh, SATs. So I think that's oh uh, they I don't that, want the review tutors. Well, they don't want. Well, first of all, yeah, they don't because I guess that's like a sort of a competing business because they probably offer their own training things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can imagine. But also, they don't want adults taking it just for the purpose. I don't know. Anyway, so... How how do you feel about... I don't know if this was asked on the podcast, because I'm pretty sure in the time that you've taken it, they've now rolled out this writing portion. How do you feel about that? I mean, it's good only in the sense that I'm guaranteed to improve my score. Yeah. Because it's out of 2,400. I'm not... not I hope not aging myself too much, but I took the SAT right when they started rolling out that third part. So we were really... So you you blew me and a out of the water. I got a 1970... Yeah, so. I don't even know what that is. You might be a moron. Yeah, like, I have no exactly. idea. I might be a dum dum, but in the in but Akiva, the, in he the, beat the us by hundreds and hundreds, hundreds yeah. of points. 
Yeah. True millennial value. Uh, I, my my ego is in, <laughs> has been inflated just by the addition of the writing. It sounds like the writing section is just a big participation trophy to me. I mean, it kind of is though. The my essay question. I don't. Know, I guess I'm allowed to disclose it now. That's like a certain because they they tell you like don't say what the test was about but even though everyone did but my question you're not was exactly like, talking to somebody who honors sat college board rules very strictly very uh, the question was uh should we value the needs of the many over the needs of the few essentially okay so, so they, they were getting to some some pretty deep crap there but i mean you're also having 17 year olds try to enter these philosophical values so i don't think they expect much so i'm a little confused now obviously i have not prepared for this test at all there's Three sections, there's also an essay. So there's a writing section plus an essay. I'm a bit confused. How does that work? Yeah, so the essay is what I was alluding to before. I believe the writing section is more so, I can't remember at this point, because again, this was like more than 10 years ago, but it was, I think it was more like reading comprehension. I know that again, assimilates into the reading portion, but I think they separated out certain things from the reading section and sort of compiled it into this writing section as well. All right. So I will give an update on the pockets next week. I actually got a voicemail today also from the college board uh, telling me I had to fill out that survey ASAP, which I had already done. And so at the end of it, they said they'll get back to me in a couple of days. Um, basically, my answers, I made very, I was very careful in my answers to not lie while being misleading, but not technically. Yeah, uh, you don't you know, want to get like dishonest for a fantasy football. Yeah. Game, I feel like. <laughs> so basically the way I presented it, and this is true, I once a couple of years ago, um, a recruiter contacted me about a potential job. And the application asked for my SAT score. Now, it's absurd to be asking my SAT score 15 years later, but the point is they just wanted to get as much... I think a lot of people much... wouldn't remember their SAT score 15 years Yeah, later. but the point is I think they just want to get as much academic information as possible. And so... Can you my lie point about is... it or do they check? I assume they're do not you, checking. Yeah, do you but, think they I have mean... records that far back, especially considering they changed the test? Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, so my way, point is you that... better have written, like, whatever you got, you know, 980 out of 1600. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got, I got a 990, but very close. To but I'm saying, like, um, you have to write out a 1600 or else, like, they'll think you're yeah, an idiot. Yeah, obviously. You got a perfect yeah. Score. yeah. Anyway, so uh, my point is that it is possible to take the SAT for job purposes, because sometimes a job asks, I guess, technically. And it's possible that I might want to consider, you know, going back and pursuing another degree down the road. You never know. So, anyways, what else? Oh, Akiva, last week on the Seinfeld podcast, you were discussing how Jerry is not a van guy. Or is that this week? I forget. I don't know. We did, a, yeah. we did a bunch in a row. Yeah. Well, uh, unfortunately, guess who is a van? Guess who is a van guy? Oh, you bought a van? Well, first of all, I haven't bought anything, but um, as as I think you know, I'm I'm, I'm purchasing a house very shortly, yeah, and so do you, Mike, do you know why Chester's buying a house? I this is actually something I do not know, so please enlighten oh. me. Well, he thinks that you shouldn't be allowed to vote unless you're a landowner, so he has. To <laughs> okay, 1776. <laughs> yeah, I'm going back to pre-Jacksonian democracy. That's right. Yeah. Um, well, just Jacksonian so, values are really in nowadays, so I guess yeah. you're really just it's the sign of the times, right? Chester has some micro exactly. Jacksonian values too. Anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so we need to get. Uh, you know, now they're moving out to the suburbs. We need to get a vehicle, also. So I started, and we need because of this army of children I'm I'm producing. We need to get like a a car with an optional third row which basically means an SUV or a van. So I said, you know what? I don't care. We can get anything we want. We're just, we're not getting a van, not getting a van, not getting a van. And then the more I looked into it, the more I realized that, what is it for my like gentle, like ego or, or sense of masculinity? Like right. it makes no, like van, chicks. 
Yeah, exactly. Like vans are infinitely, you know, this is an example that will only make sense in like the Orthodox Jewish community. But vans are sort of like Teaneck, New Jersey, in that everybody wants to make fun of them, but there's a reason that everybody ends up going in that direction. It just it's the most it makes the most practical sense. Yeah, I, I agree um, that if, if you're not really concerned about you your bravado or your reputation, if I you've given up on life, I feel sound. like it makes <laughs> sense. Yeah. But no, but like Jalopnik had all these articles like suck it up and buy a van. Like what you know, it's just it's so much easier. I mean, Akiva, do you guys have a car? What do you use for your well, we have army a of car, kids? But then we just had a sixth kid and we don't have a van, but we're gonna get one. Strap him to the yeah, roof. Okay. <laughs> it's great because I don't so, have to go plays if my kids are like, hey, let's go to this park. I'm like, and you're like, can't do it. Stay home and work. Yeah. Kill one of your siblings if you want to go to the park. Yeah, Akiva, do you have any updates? Anything happening in your life? No, I feel like you've had all the fun. Um Oh, fine. I really, I, I really, uh, like, I don't have anything going on. I was, you know, I was hoping you were still stuck in Colorado. I really haven't spoken to you in the last week. Yeah. How are the Mets doing? They're awful. Twins uh, are doing awesome. I'm really into baseball for the first time in a while. Yeah, the Mets, I, I don't believe their they're starting pitcher tonight got out of the first inning, which isn't great. Yeah. Twins well, let's get into, the... we got a lot to talk about All tonight. Right. Why don't we okay. get into, right. wait, okay, one more fine. thing, actually, before we get yeah. into the, the, the topic at hand. Because uh, we mentioned this on Twitter, but not on the podcast. The finale of the uh, worst living American was two weeks uh, ago. Was what about two weeks ago? Yeah, I'm just reminding people the episode two weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, thank you. That, that was a very yeah. useful uh, interjection. Um, was uh, was decided not by us, and not, I mean, I guess by a third party, but uh, not by not by the listeners like we had thought. By, by the, the Lord by the himself. Reaper. That's yes. right. That's right. <laughs> it was between uh, Bernard uh, Lawrence Madoff. I was watching, but did you watch that Madoff movie? I watched the first twenty minutes, but it kind of on did, HBO. Did, did De Niro one? It felt a little too lifetimey for me. I shut it off. What do you? What? I thought it was a strange casting decision for the wife. Who was, Michelle it was uh, Pfeiffer, Heather Locklear, right? No, Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer is like Ruth Madoff does not deserve the honor of being represented by somebody who, in 1995, when I was 12 years old, was like the hottest girl alive. Like when she in, went in Dangerous Minds. Yeah. When I was in sixth, seventh grade, every boy I knew had a massive crush on Michelle Pfeiffer. I was never a big Pfeiffer guy myself. By the time Mike was interested in girls, I think she was already like out, kind of. Yeah. Um, well, uh, girls, now, now she's TV playing show? Ruth Madoff. So. No, no, no. Like right by the time you you sort of started getting like hormones and stuff, like she was. Oh she, yeah. You know, a lot of times women in their forties in Hollywood get like thrown to the wolves, but she got thrown to the wolves really early. I, I, I'm, I'll put in a, a hot take here. Speaking of the Madoff stuff, I'll be my belated entry to the hot takeoff. I say HBO movies are out. HBO miniseries are in in terms of HBO uh, marketing. Yeah, their movies aren't so good, right? Even the Larry David movie. Yeah, Larry but David mov- could do no yeah, wrong. But, their movies, but their movies are always sort of a little like TV movie-ish. Yeah. Not, their, their movies have never had a great reputation, really, have they? Even like Behind the Candelabra, like it gets some awards, but it's not, it doesn't really enter the zeitgeist the way their shows right, I don't do. know why, like, because then you do like Band of Brothers or... or you know, um, the, the, just even, the night of was their the most night of, right, recent the night big night of, night, or, or um, like. big little lies was their most recent right, one. So why, when they call it TV, it's great, but when they call it a movie, it basically sucks. I'm not sure why. Yeah, I don't know. It should be. They should market it now as like it's not a movie. It's HBO because that's, that's right. as long as they just the only people don't think it's a movie, then I think it'll be of a good quality. That's not a bad point. By the way, while we're talking about sort of uh, hot women of our youth, I remember when I was at camp in like the earlier mid '90s when we were like 10, 11. The big debate was always Cindy Crawford versus Heidi Klum. Really? Mm. And then I think that's when like Pamela Anderson burst onto the scene. No, but Pamela Anderson was like a lower class. She was a lower class, but I feel like she got talked about a lot. 
Well, I feel like Heidi Klum uh, has sort of. I, like, I don't know. I don't know if talking is what the boys were doing about yeah. that, but yeah. But I feel like Heidi Heidi Klum had like a little bit of like a resurgence though with like Project Runway in the early 2000s. Right, she's like, around more now. She's certainly exactly. yeah. a bit longer than yeah. Cindy Crawford. Yeah, they're, I don't they're think both millennials even themselves. know who Cindy Crawford is. Uh, she was in that episode of Third Rock from the Sun that you and I talked about, Kiva. But outside of that, <laughs> like George exactly. Clooney's friend. I flew JetBlue where you have live TV, but we were flying a red eye, so there was nothing to watch. So I ended up watching a bunch of season two episodes of of uh, uh, 30 Rock. Sorry, you just said 30 Rock from the Sun. So. Oh, because of the yeah. three kids? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also just mixed up 30 Rock and 30 Rock from the Sun. Which I'm, is, I'm uh, sure you were not the first person to do that, yeah, especially since probably. they aired on the same network. We're yeah. actually doing crazy moves, speaking of flying with your kids, where we're flying to New York, and it's, uh, what is it, like an 11-hour flight or something, and... We're flying with like my kids' friends, so with, we have four and they have four, and I'm just gonna like let those kids, like we'll let the other parents take care of them and let those kids run wild. It's gonna be eight kids. We're gonna get like the plane's gonna have to stop and they're gonna have to like kick us all off the plane. It's gonna be nuts. Yeah, the problem with those Israel flights is you have too many Orthodox Jews with too many kids. This is getting like vaguely anti-Semitic. It's okay. You could say whatever you want. But, yeah. yeah. Now that now but, this poet girl is not going to want to come on your podcast and you're marketing yeah. yourself as anti-Semitic too. Yeah. Nah, nah, she but, lives in Colorado. She probably. But yeah. we, we we were we were flying uh, we were flying back from Israel just a couple of months ago when we went there for Passover mm. and we didn't get seats all together. So when we got on the plane, I very sweetly said to the flight attendant, "Is it okay? We have three little kids." And they gave us different seat assignments. Is okay? Can you put us together? And she said, "I'll work on it." And then a minute later, somebody came up to her and said, "Excuse me, ma'am, we have seven children, and we're not sitting together. Can you put oh us my together?" God. And then, and then someone else came and also had—I forget—I think six or seven or something like that. And so I realized I sort of well, well I've been trumped here. So you got to up your game. And if you you're didn't end up sitting LL. with your kid. I mean, it's your fault for booking yourself without your kids. Like, well, no. So the crazy no. So we actually we did have seat assignments, and then they did that move where they switched the plane at the last second. Oh, okay. So everything mm. goes in the window. Yeah, basically. So, although we actually did get to sit together, and the other ones didn't, because uh, you know. But if you have seven, I imagine some of those kids are much older. Like you have seven, you have babies. If you have seven, you can afford to miss one or two. If you have seven, the rate that Chester did, I God help them when they get to college age. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's uh, let's jump into the topic at hand. So this Mm -hmm. week's episode was the topic was prompted by the season finale of SNL season forty-two, hosted by Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Who Akiva professes to love, even though he doesn't watch any of his movies or Never any of his TV shows. Never seen one of his movies. Never seen a movie or a TV show, but I love him. It's insane. I'm sort of the opposite. In By the way, the I, Baywatch movie, like, would you see that? Are you that pro Dwayne Johnson that you'd see the Baywatch movie? It's tough because, like, I, I think with this sort of like, let's take you know a. a a television figure from the 80s slash 90s and rework it into a film. It worked really well with Jump Street, but that's mm. because Phil Lord and Chris Miller, you know, do our fantastic creators and did a nice job with it. But and also I've the heard- show here was bad. Like they're recreating a bad show. That was, yeah. it wasn't but, but, but Baywatch, show. I think Baywatch is like the most popular show in history globally. That's what they would always because say. I, I think it was just it was, it was massive all over the world because you could watch it in like yeah. Greek, you know, in like Greece, and you don't really need the subtitles. Who cares? But I would say well, that yeah, it's, it exactly. seems like from it's what Pamela I've been seeing, hearing about this reboot of Baywatch is that like again the Jump Street. No matter what the quality of the initial product was, Jump Street was very tongue in cheek and made fun of the concept, but also sprung off of it. And I feel like this Baywatch doesn't really do a good job in either one of those camps. 
Uh, so it, it doesn't seem like it's really holding up in comparison to that other let's remake a show from the 80s. And the, I mean, I don't know if we're putting this on the spectrum from Jump Street to Chips. I heard the Chips movie was a big old pile of dookie. Yeah, no, that bombed, but the Baywatch movie, supposedly, the reviews are even worse. But is it is it like ironic or is it being totally sincere? Like, is Dwayne Johnson not looking at the camera and like raising one of his eyebrows oh, at I any point? I think he probably gives the people's eyebrow ones, but I think yeah. they... I mean, I also like... Hasselhoff the, has to have a cameo, right? You oh, oh, they, so. they, all, they all have cameos, but I think it's... Ah, like okay, all right. Movie. But not okay. only have I never seen Spoiler movie, alert. Like, I'm looking, he has like, he also always has like 15 movies like in in production at all times. Like, yeah, the guy, yeah There's like four of them, four of him, he, and he's just like always filming like three blockbusters. Yeah. But if you offer him like $30 million, he will do your movie without reading the script. Because well, like, I'm looking wait, at the next 10 movies he's doing. Yeah. I will not watch one of them. He's got like, well, of course not, because you've never seen a single movie remake. he's made. He's doing the Jumanji the, the... remake without a board game. There's no board game. I'm already. Yeah, and he's out. doing he's doing the the movie version of the Jungle Cruise ride from the Disney yeah, parks. I that believe that sounds terrible. Um, sh- like I don't, yeah, these all sound terrible. Like skyscraper is literally. But like, Akiva, you're not, you're not you don't have a right to judge because you've literally never seen a single one of his movies, as you just said. I know that they're bad. You know what his character's <laughs> name is? I'm on IMDb. This is not an episode of IMD Bags. The the, his character name in Jumanji is Dr. Smolder Bravestone. Oh. <laughs> That's such a great name. This is where you really hope that, again, it, it gets tongue-in-cheek. But I don't know. I have a feeling that there are too many marketing people out there who are like, no, we got to make it like apply to the wine masses. We got to have this be a legitimate summer film. And so it's, it's not as cheesy as we probably will want it to be. I mean, the guy's name is Doctor Smolder. Smolder. All right. So anyway, so yeah. yeah so so Dwayne Johnson hosted. Think, yeah. Like, hey, like, we're, obviously this isn't the most The Rock with Katy Perry. It's not the most famous duo of all time, but it's like pretty A list. So it made me think, like, what are the most A list duos, and also like which A list actors have hosted, and what are also the least famous groupings of people. And I, you know, I spent like hours on Wikipedia, and I know you guys both did too. And I came up with some some funny and like interesting things, and I thought it'd be fun if we sort of like went over the most famous and the least famous, and and see what we come up with. Now, one of the problems, of course, with doing this is, as people know who have listened to any of Akiva's podcasts, but especially like our movie rankings or our TV rankings, Akiva's in the I would say one of the top maybe thousand people in the world when it comes to pop culture of the last twenty years. But lo- knows literally zero about before that. I mean, you've never seen a movie made before 1990, right? Yeah, like five movies, like Jaws, yeah. and that's about it. Yeah, you've never, you, you know, you're not interested in music, in, you know, in any music from that era. No, that's t- not, television I would say not interested, but I just think it's overrated. Like, I don't, I don't think classic rock is any better than, like, the music of today. Yeah, which is insane because by definition, the fact that they're still playing it 40 years later, nobody who's playing, nobody who's has coming out with new albums today We'll have their music played crazy. 20 or 30 years You're from now. You're crazy. Everyone's going to be listening to like Ed Sheeran and Justin Bieber in 40 years. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So, case in point. So, this is – so, I know what Akiva's list is going to be. He's going to say every single uh, host and musical guest from 1975 to 1990 is going to be like, well, who are these clowns? You know, Tom Petty, never heard of him. Sucks. Yeah. Um, but um, – so, hopefully, I will represent some of the some of the older originals a little bit more. Thanks. You yeah, are so like I think a month we, older than me, so I'm sure yeah. your like, wisdom and expertise will be helpful. Oh, yeah. So, we've you been ranking – in like 82. Yeah, um, so I, I rank all 600 and whatever it is episodes all time in terms of the, the star power of both the host and the guest. Oh, my God. Well, can and... I just say we were supposed to do this a couple days ago, and Chester's <laughs> like, I can't do it because I've been really busy buying a house uh, and getting yelled at by my three kids in diapers, and like, I need an hour to prepare, and I'm like, all right, an hour, and now he just ranked 600. Oh, my God. 
Mike, were you shocked by the statement he just said? Or, or uh, incredibly, because I definitely did not do that. But then again, this is coming from the person who, uh, who also ranked, you know, his top eighty something SNL cast members of all time up until a couple of years ago. So no, again, I think he ranked just, everyone. I think he has a, he has like a running ranking of every SNL cast. Member. We were we were, actually, yeah, so we, were just, we were just talking about yeah. this before you got on. I mean, I think and correct me if I'm wrong here, Chester. I think you know you left out the ones who either did not have much of a legacy or that you couldn't really remember the legacy of, so that you could tangibly say, like, okay, these 80 SNL yeah. people I can veritably judge, and then you rank from there, right? Yeah, it, it's unfair to rank George Coe or Ann Risley or Seelbin Fallon or Jerry Minor. Siobhan. Or, S-I-O-B yeah. is Siobhan. All right, sorry. Didn't know how to pronounce that. Yeah. Or um, Dean Edwards, Dan Vitale. I don't know who any of these people are, obviously. So, yeah, um, yeah so, so, I so I only rank the people I heard of. Um but this ranking includes everybody because part of it, and we'll discuss our bottom tens as well, but if we've never heard of either one, although a lot of them from the early years, I would search them on Wikipedia, as I'm sure you guys did as well, and I'd be like, oh, this guy was nominated for four Oscars, and yeah. that guy won 17 Grammys. So yeah, right, but Part a, of it is a, like, there's a, I think there's a difference between success in the 70s and fame, right, Mike? It's tough, because I'm sort of like in, uh, I have like a foot in each of your camps at this point, in that I do agree that I, I think it's indicative if we know a name now, even from like 40 years ago, I think that says something. But at the same time, there are names that we're probably going to throw out that are were much, much bigger back then than they are now. Uh, and But I think it's tough because I'm totally with Chester that like when I was looking at some of these names, especially on the worst list, and I'm like, oh, that got nominated for an Oscar. So does that technically like put them a tier above the bottom of the bottom? Because that, that's at least yeah. some acknowledgement, which I think is bigger than just your regular run-of-the-mill TV actor. And also, I'm going to disagree with something Keith just said, because Keith said in the 70s, there's a difference between fame and, like, sort of success. I think it's the opposite. Nowadays, because there's social media and there's Twitter and Instagram and 8,000 other avenues and a million cable channels and YouTube, et cetera, et cetera, you can be very, very famous and have no made talent. nothing of so- – yeah. That's true. Whereas in the 70s, but, no, I, it was the, the best the actors with the most famous actors. There were very few famous people. Now there's, like, a million famous people, and back then there was, like, 100. So but exactly. So the people, people who were famous then were them even more like, famous. They were people who hosted then that weren't even like famous then. No, I, I think everybody who hosted then was more famous then. And again, remember, the worst rated SNL episode in 1983 was getting, what, 30 million viewers. Right. I mean, that's also a statement about television as right. well. Yeah. And, and, also, and also, considering yeah. that this season got its highest ratings in years, I don't know if that's necessarily dependent on the host and more so dependent on everything else that was going on with the show. Right. Yeah. All right, so let's jump into this. Um, let's. Why don't we get out? Why don't we get out of the way first? The people who have uh, been host and musical guest together. Some interesting names on that list. Okay, but that's. I mean, you could do that, but ultimately, like, what are we doing with this? All right. Well, uh, I'll put it this way: there are set. Uh, there are six people in history who have multiple times been the host and musical guest. Okay. Yeah, you guys want to? You want guys want to see who can name more of the six? We'll go back and forth. I mean, I'll I, let uh, I'll let our guest start. Mike, give me Tim, one of those names. Timberlake, obviously. Yep, Kiva, your turn. Huh. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Lady Gaga. Okay, so... <laughs> she did it once, right? Yeah, uh, Mike, Mike wins this one 1-0. One um, the other ones, uh, can you name me the other ones, Mike? I want to feel... I've, I know Paul Simon hosted once, but I don't know if oh, he, yeah, did he, he did it Oh, yeah, Simon did it for sure. He, he did it. Um, so, I know, I, te- I keep, uh, technically not for Simon, because oh, really? he, he hosted... And was the musical guest, and other times he hosted, and Art Garfunkel, Art Garfunkel was the musical guest. It's sort of like oh, the head like a... Fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it's Garth Brooks did it twice. Uh, the second time is Chris Gaines. Mm, uh, different guy, yeah. <laughs> J-Lo did it uh, twice. 
Mick Jagger did it twice, although once was the, the Rolling Stones, once was just Mick Jagger by himself. Miley Cyrus uh, did it twice, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Dr- and, Dr- and Drake did it twice. Oh, yeah, I forgot mm. Drake was the most recent one. Yeah. So, yes, Dr- Drake Drake is the most recent one. On May 14th of last year, he uh, did it for the second time. Uh, and Ariana Grande also did it uh, late last season. Uh, yeah, but so, so she's on the mark. I would also say that someone who needs to get into that club is Bruno Mars. I don't know if you guys remember the Bruno Mars episode. He's really from, good. Like, he's great. Yeah, from yeah. like five yeah. years ago, he killed it. And people were saying, like, oh, he's got to be the next Timberlake. He's come back as a musical guest, but I, I don't know why they're not having him host. Yeah, yeah he only hosted. Yeah, he only hosted in 2012. So that's a good question. I don't know what they're waiting for. Uh, right, so do you want to do he's... most famous or least famous first? Uh, either way. Wait. So let me. My my statement that I said to at least one of you guys off air was like, the almost every relevant musical guest, every relevant musical guest from like the 80s through today, Chester was like, well. You know, uh, Elvis never hosts. Like, okay, congratulations. No, Elvis no, I did not say. What I said is, of the seven best-selling uh, artists of all time, six of the seven were in the SNL era. Elvis was not. But of those six, only two of them hosted. Right. Yes, it's true. Michael Jackson never was never on. Right. Yeah. But yeah. but, but they but they've had a high percentage. Any, any yeah. big time act today, name the five or ten biggest acts. They've all been on, with zero exceptions. Uh, whereas, if in my opinion, the three biggest actors in the world. Uh, and you could quibble with the, with this ranking, but Leo, DiCaprio, uh, Tom Cruise, and Will Smith, none of them have ever hosted the show. Neither is Denzel, neither is Harrison Ford, neither is Al Pacino, neither is Julia Roberts. Like seven of like the ten biggest actors of the last 30 years have never done the show. I wonder if that's a difference between host and musical guest, though, right? Because like musical guest, yeah. hey, you're going to go onto this crappy soundstage and play like two songs. Host, you have to commit to like a week of being there. Yeah, you have to be there yeah. for a week. And it's also, if you're the host, like, you're not an improv comedian 99% yeah. of the time. The musical time. guests are the doing their they job. They do their job. If, yeah. if, you know, if the host was, like, doing a scene, then they could do that. But it's really hard to be the host. The musical guests, you're literally doing a two-show, a two-song concert, right? Yeah, it's yeah. very true. And also, you know, uh, it'd be interesting, though, because I feel like the moment that one of them does it, it could have a chance to break into, like, the Baldwin territory, where, you know, at the time when Baldwin first hosted, he was known as this, like, super dramatic actor walk in as well we're known for like these really weighty very serious roles but then once they do that people are like oh crap i didn't realize that these people could actually be funny and as a result like baldwin totally is now like a completely comic actor as a result of purely doing snl right but also if you're like leo or you're will smith then it's too nerve-wracking for you to ashley simpson your career like they're corporations people that big right so they have nothing to gain and only stuff to lose by going on the show but those are two specific people you've brought up who actually it's surprising Will Smith didn't do it in the right. 90s during well, the Will Fresh Smith, Prince I'm sure era. there was a week they could have invited him and he could have come. That's for sure. Too. Yeah. Like it's Cruz kind of was surprising. probably too big already by Top Gun, but Smith they could have had and DiCaprio isn't isn't that's it's not. Well, I, don't, I don't know how you'd say too big because to me and we were arguing about this to me the two biggest actors of our lifetimes of the last 35 years are Tom Hanks number 1 and Tom Cruise number 2. And Tom Cruise, who's sort of a robot, has never been on the show. Tom Hanks is, is you know, a member of the, the, the five-time club, the ten-time club. I think he's even maybe been 12 or 13 yeah. times. He's one of the most frequent hosts. But Hanks is like is is more of like an everyman. Hanks walks down the street probably with no security guards. Will Smith walks down the street with seven security guards. So like, there's yeah. a big difference in their fame level. I think you're mistaken. No, I strongly disagree with that. 
And then we actually we looked this up uh, in terms we're of at total... who's been in like more bigger. Yeah, Hanks. The truth is, we were like looking at who's been in more hundred million dollar movies, stuff like mm. that. Hanks is Hanks has been in nineteen hundred million dollar movies, which I think is the most ever, uh, especially yeah. considering leading roles. Because I know, and, and, yeah, he, yeah he's top million in all of those. Samuel exactly. has been in a billion, but never yeah. most of them is the lead. But and one other interesting thing, and when we get to my list, we'll see whether this I applied this rule or not. But I was thinking about people who I was sort of looking at this list from the sense of if you heard that week. Hey, guess who's going to be the host and music guest of SNL that week, mm. th- this week? Who are you most excited about? So I take into account, you know, sort of the excitement of the era. And in that sense, if somebody's a frequent guest, it's hard to say that they're that eligible, really, because they're not, it's not like it's a huge get. It's not like, right. oh my God, Tom Hanks is hosting, or Justin Timberlake is hosting, or, or you know, or Alec Baldwin, because they come on all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then on the other hand, actually, I think a frequent guest is ineligible for the other list, for the worst, because I'm sure there's some frequent guests who Akiva's never heard of, but my argument is, by definition, if they're frequent guests, they're not nobodies. They're very well known by the SNL viewership. Mm-hmm. So basically, if you're a very frequent, if you've been on the show multiple times, you're sort of ineligible for either one of these lists. Now, right. here's here's a question that I'll throw out to you guys, because I'm assuming neither one of your lists is, oh, well, I'm in terms of the worst list, we're not going to feature anyone from this past season. But, you know, if we're putting ourselves in like the 2018 perspective if we're looking back on this most recent season do you think there's one name that we would forget right off the bat as someone who hosted uh, snl in the past season like well, someone I who's not really <laughs> famous enough but hosted or, some, anyway? yeah, so, or someone like even as chester said like someone you'd be like oh i completely forgot that they hosted snl either the episode was forgettable or they oh, might have there's an uh, i'm looking at the list there's an obvious answer there's one person who's far below everybody else on this list felicity jones yeah, not even close. I, she wasn't well, and, famous and, and, when she hosted. She wasn't even well, like... Well, and I, and, I, and I went to that episode and I sat on the floor oh, as I did this Oh, God, podcast. you went to that yeah. shit show of an episode? Well, the other episode I sat on the floor is one of the greatest episodes of all time. We'll get to that later. But yeah, I had no idea who Felicity Jones was. I had no idea who Sturgill Simpson was. Sturgill Simpson, like, just blew He's my head great. off. He was, he was yeah. awesome. Sturgill Simpson fan. Yeah, Sturgill Simpson was incredible. Felicity Jones, I think she's been on, like, some Star Wars movie that I'm never going to watch. I'd never so, heard of her. And also Chris yeah. Pine, they even made a joke about this in the beginning, but he's generic. Like, he might end up being a big star, but he's kind of generic. And by the way, um, yeah, I guess that's it. I don't know the difference between, like, Emily Blunt and Emily Watson and all those people, but... <laughs> no, I do. Yeah, I, I, mean, I know Emily Blunt because she's married to uh, to uh, Jim from The Office. Yeah, I, what I will say is I uh, I guess this is sort of a page of my own, you know, the, the stuff that I glean from your podcast, podcast, but I do my own SNL rankings of the season, and yeah, that Felicity Jones episode that Chester was able to attend is the second worst episode of the season, according to my rankings. How far back do your rankings go? Uh, just the, just this season. I've I've, oh, okay. I've been thinking, especially embarking on this list, I've been thinking about if I'm somehow able to have time over the summer. Since the, some truncated episodes are available on Hulu, I kind of want to go back to the beginning and just like watch it and see what happens. Just because I'm such a comedy yeah, if you nerd. If you were to look, you could find you could find links to like the actual episodes online. Yeah, so I'd, I'd love to do that at some point. I'm not promising it's a project, but maybe if I do that, maybe I can start my own compendium of and end up with, you know, either by season or the whole entire however many episode plus uh, rankings. That, that would be an insane project, but it'd be in line with what you guys do. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, but the, I mean, there certainly is a recency bias for, I'm sure, all our rankings, just because we've heard of basically everybody nowadays, because, again, we're, 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 we're very into pop culture today. So, like, my bottom ten list, I, only, I, I have one episode from the 90s, one episode from this decade, and then everything else is from the 80s or 70s. So, you know, it, it, I do like how you raise the point. Like, the Felicity Jones, Sturgill Simpson episode probably five years from now would show up, you know, on one of those lists. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Unless, unless one of them explodes for some reason. Yeah. I mean, I definitely was looking back on, you know, the past 10 years even, and I got like maybe five or six. And even those people are like still people that sort of reverberate in the zeitgeist nowadays, as opposed to, as you said, you know, we get to like these TV stars in particular they, that they bring up in like the 70s and early 80s that just do not hit the radar today. Yeah, well, actually, now that I brought up, can we discuss, so I, Akiva, do you have any episodes from this decade in your in your worst host musical guest lists? Um, well, I didn't write years next to them, which was a little bit of, so, the oh, worst duos. This be a duos. fun guessing game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I have, I have one. Uh, the ninth worst host guest combo in history is from 2013 to me. The host was Josh Hutcherson. Yeah. Who was, uh, I have no idea who he is. Hunger Games the music- boy. Yeah, yeah and the musical- I, I, I made a note that he's the least famous person in the last five years to host. Yeah, okay, good. So we agree with that. And the musical guest is Haim, who I like, but, you know, they're, they're, a, they're a decent band, but they're not particularly right, and, noteworthy. Right, like, they could stop now, and they may be lost to history. Like, they might end up yeah. being big, but... Yeah, but Hutcherson is the only guy from the last 15 years who I had no idea who right, he was. Right, I don't know who he is. And maybe, Zero. like, millennials, but even... What was he in the Divergent movies, Mike? No, he was, he, well, he was in The Hunger Games, and that's the only reason why I kept him off is because I feel like when you're part of such a big franchise, granted the franchise kind of winnowed out near the end there, but yeah. if you're a part of like that multi-million dollar franchise, you kind of have to acknowledge it. I wonder, like some people that I had but, like... But hold sh- on, but you got to emerge, like Robert Pattinson and, or, somebody, or Kristen Stewart emerged out of you know uh, something like that to become famous independent of that so that we've heard of them, even if we've never seen any of those movies. That's true. Hutcherson failed to do that. For now. We, who knows again yeah. when things are going to happen, but like I, the, ones, <laughs> the ones on my shortlist for the past decade were people that like I think we know nowadays, but like John Hedder, for instance, Napoleon Dynamite. Do you think in 10 <laughs> years people are going to remember him or Ellen no, Page? No, he will not. Know? He will not be remembered. No. Ellen Hold Page, Ellen, maybe. Ellen, Ellen Page she, might be remembered. She's she not was in Strangers with Candy, the most disturbing movie I've ever seen. Ellen Page still might have a career, but yeah, I, you, your point is well taken on John Hader. He, he will probably yeah. be lost to history. <laughs> all right, so why don't you tell us, uh, Mike, why don't you give us your list for the, the worst host guest combos of all time? Start from, from number one, number ten, however you want to do yeah, it. So I've got, I've got three big ones okay. for worst. So I'll just go, uh, I'll go three up to one. Uh, so my number three is from April 19th, 1980, Struther Martin with musical guest The Specials. Uh, Struther Martin's probably most well known as the guy who said what we have here is a failure to communicate. From Cool yeah. Hand Luke, and that's <laughs> pretty much it. Uh, so, considering that, like, he is he has a good line, but outside of that, I don't really know much about his career. And the specials were like a ska band, uh, <laughs> so I couldn't get anything from them. Uh, my number two uh, from January eighth, nineteen ninety four, Jason Patrick, uh, musical guest Blind Melon. Uh, Jason Patrick was in a bunch of movies, but nothing noteworthy. He doesn't even have a K in his last name. Uh, <laughs> wasn't he? Wasn't wasn't he the Keanu in Speed Two? I, I'm a, I, he might have been, but again, considering that that's you know the mark that Speed Two has left on the zeitgeist these days is not necessarily a a great one. Uh, and Blind Melon was just a generic rock band. Uh, but my number one is from April fifteenth, nineteen seventy eight. Michael Sarazin with musical guest Keith Jarrett. Uh, Mike, Michael Sarazin is a Canadian actor, but he's also known for this movie, They Shoot Horses, Don't They? And Keith Jarrett is a, was a jazz pianist, and that, that, just, that feels like a winning combination to me. I'm so excited to hear your list because there have been 829 episodes in SNL. And we have two of the same top four, both of us. I have the Jason Patrick Bryan 
Blind Melon episode number three, worst of all time. I think and you're I have underrating s- Blind Melon a little bit, but yeah, Jason <laughs> and I, Patrick and I, is pretty bad. Yeah, and I have the Sarah's and Keith Jarrett episode number four all oh, time. Nice. So it, it's pretty incredible how closely we're aligned. I had Sarah's and Jarrett too. The, the thing that that I'll say is like we're not. I'm with the, mu- the I'm knocking the host, but with some of the musical guests, they're like incredible talents that just aren't famous. Like they might be like the eighth oh, greatest yeah. jazz musician of all time. <laughs> we're mostly talking about like how famous are you? You know. Um, like if we're yeah. the producer of the show, are we getting fired for, um, for putting this on? So I'm in not really an order. Uh, I'll give you my, my bottom 10, uh, Chester. Yep. Okay. Uh, Howard Cosell with Greg Keen. Now I know Howard Cosell is known no, to sports fans. Disqualified. No, he's known to everybody. He yeah, like, I, I'm, you know I'm not Howard a sports Cosell person is? and I know Howard Cosell. Yeah. But Greg Bail. Keen is so unfamous that he knocks down Howard Cosell. It doesn't matter. Howard Cosell is way too famous. He's been like the... That, sorry, you lose if on that one. It's got to be two people it, who nobody's heard of. No. Well, there, there aren't always two people nobody's heard of. All right. I also had, I also had Michael Sarazin with Keith uh, Jarrett. Michael yep. Palin with Eugene Record. Maybe the, like the least famous musical guest ever. You, so hold on. Michael Palin is extremely Sarah famous. Palin's hosted... Bad. No, Michael, first of all, Michael Palin hosted four times, okay? At least, that I know of. Mm-hmm. Okay? So Michael Palin is almost a member of the guess five who times knows, club. Guess who, knows who, guess who knows him outside SNL fans? Literally nobody. No. I mean, okay, uh, people, people, who love a, a fish, he, people who love Monty a fish Monty Python is probably the most famous comedic group of all time. Yeah. And nobody he was knows, one of the... Is it called Michael Palin or Monty Python? Because nobody knows who Michael Palin is. Eugene so that's Booker, an inter- of everyone who's ever been on the show, I think, has the shortest Wikipedia page. There are yes, a few, like, yes, no sections. He has no sections. I wrote that in my no notes. Sections. There's, <laughs> there are a few like yes. back second or third, uh, like, uh, like co-groups on, um, on uh, like musical guests that don't have Wikipedia pages, but not like the lead musical guest. Yeah. I was thinking it would be really funny if there was a, yeah. if, if there was like a no Wikipedia host. All right, so I'll run through yeah. mine. No, but that's um, – I'm so excited you said that because in my comments I said Eugene yeah, Record no has sections. a Wikipedia page with no sections. <laughs> yeah. um, so you raised an interesting point though about like Monty Python versus Michael Palin because for some of the bands that I'm going to have on my list, how many people could give names of the performers in these bands that the yeah. bands themselves are super famous? Right. And so like, you could sort of right, say – Like Paul McCartney is incredibly famous. He's not that much less famous than the Beatles. Mick Jagger, Sam, but also maybe a little less famous than McCartney, a little less famous than the Rolling Stones. I would, yeah, but but then but then like I have in my top fifty, I have a couple bands like I have Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, you know, I know who Anthony Kiedis is, but do most people? I'm not sure, and I can't really name anybody else in Red Hot Chili right, Peppers. You couldn't host SNL, that's for sure. Yeah, the Chili Spice, Spice Girls. Everybody know them as Sporty Spice, Baby Spice. But does anybody know any of their real names other than the one Victoria Beckham who married David Beckham? Mel B. Oh, was that her name? That's Scary Spice. Yeah, she's a oh. Sherry Hallowell. Is, is she? Is she? Is she? Oh, spice she was girl? baby, I think. Yeah. Okay, fine. I'm I wrong. Was Everybody knows Spice, spice Girls. Uh, another, another. My top ten: Delta Burke, who was no, who was on Designing Women, mm-hmm. and Chris Isaac. I know Chris Isaac isn't a total nobody, but I don't. I, think I only he's... know Delta Burke because there's a drag queen on RuPaul's Drag Race season three who goes by Delta Burke. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, do, I do like the like. Like I could see the designing women as like a big uh, inspiration. Yeah, it's like it's like a low rent and golden girls when it comes to drag queens. I think I might, or I'll, I'll run through a few more. Uh, Susan Day, she has five hundred followers on Twitter now, <laughs> and she played with C plus C Music Factory. Now they have an incredibly famous song. They're the everybody. They dance have like now five people. incredibly famous songs. One Hold everybody on. famous song. Everybody dance now. 
but nobody no, no, knows no, no, who no, the no, band no, no. is. Like if if Don Pardo says C plus C Music Factory, <laughs> nobody's like, "Sweet, I'm turning in next week." He would literally have to say, "You know the everybody who dance now people." He would literally have okay. to add that. So I have to respond here. First of all, they did everybody dance now. They did here we go. They did things that make you go hmm. They did just. They have like many many super famous songs. And I agree with you that nobody knows the name of the band. Yeah. But it's the same reason that I have the, what you have here is a failure to communicate. That's why I didn't have that guy on my list because it's such a famous line that everybody's heard of. Yeah. So he's a, so this band or whatever they are group made so many famous songs. That I feel like you, they, you know, they're almost like a poor man's queen. Except everybody's obviously heard of Queen, but in, like they just made so many songs that like every single baseball or football game plays their songs during commercials. Uh, I've got Laura Layton with Rancid. Yeah, that's on my list. Yeah, Laura Layton is pretty low down. Rancid, people have heard of them, but if I said yeah. name a Rancid song, nobody could name them. And we only heard of them because they were like we were in like eighth grade when they were like right. I don't peak. think millennials yeah. know them. I don't think our parents know them. Like yeah, exactly. Um, I have Scott Wolf with Natalie Imbruglia. No way. They're both famous. N- no, they're not. Natalie and Brigitte, everybody knows Torn, yeah. first of all. That's everybody and Scott knows w- Torn, but and Scott I don't know if they know like- that Natalie and Bruglia sings it. But, but what, what my criteria to put this, this worst list so. was like, if sort of like the C plus C Dance Factory, if there is at least one song that I know, it's going to yeah. come off my list. Yeah. I hear you. I mean, uh, okay, I have Tom Green with David Gray. I think Tom Green might get lost to history. I know he's still like... People remember him. I don't think millennials. He was he was really idea. famous at the time for a couple of years. David Gray yeah. is a pretty low level musical guest for SNL, and to me, Tom Green, no one will know. He's actually in Israel now, Ta- playing. <laughs> he was like begging for for like people to come on on uh, Twitter or Facebook. Um, the uh, Mike. Okay, I have Michael Palin with Eugene Saracen. I have one that's going to drive Chester insane, and then I have one that's I think the winner. Okay, my my drive Chester insane is Russell Crowe with Margot Price. Yeah, that's idiotic. Mm. Now, Russell Crowe, very famous. Margot Price might be the least famous person to ever be a musical guest on the show. She was on mm. three years ago. I th- so what they do sometimes, uh, Mike, I'm sure you'll agree as an SNL expert, is like if they have a really big um, host, a lot of times they'll, they'll try and break a guest. They famously did it with Lana Del Rey. It was like one of her first performances. Brian Williams, he probably never even watched it. He was probably lying about it. But he said, like, this was the worst... <laughs> Uh, music performance in the history of the show. Yeah, it got um, a lot of negative backlash. A lot yeah. of negative backlash. And they'll, sometimes they'll try and break a new artist, and a lot of times the person booking it will be dead on, and it'll be someone who absolutely blows up and becomes famous. But Margot Price still has like 10,000 followers on Twitter, even though like she's in her prime right now. You know, I joke, I joke about some of these people like they have 500 followers, but like they, you know, they were around four years before Twitter, whereas... Mar- whereas Mar- Margot Price is like famous now and is totally not famous. It's interesting because so, sometimes they do the opposite thing too. When I was going through this list, I realized I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I don't know this host," and then I'll look over the musical musical guest. I'll say, "Oh, this is a pretty weighty name." And I do feel like they do sometimes adopt that strategy on both ends, where they're like, you know, if this is a guest that we don't necessarily know too much about from a hosting perspective, let's bring in someone that we know can, you know, bring down the house. So I feel like it, it flows both ways. Yeah. And here's my number one all time, Kate Jackson with Delbert McClinton. What do you think, no. Chester? No. Not nobody knows who I'm... Kate Jackson is, and obviously nobody knows who Delbert McClinton is. First of all, Kate Jackson was like a super hot woman who I know of because I've heard stories of like, like even Bill Simmons references her. She was on like Charlie's Angels, I think, or something like that. Yeah, wasn't she, she was on Charlie's Angels, but nobody yeah. knows who she okay. is anymore. I, I just knew what show she was on. 
No, disqualified. You're a dork. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Where do you have this ranked out of 680? Okay, so I have. Okay, so I, I will run through my top ten quickly. You have to agree is very low down. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who that is. All right, uh, number ten, I have Laura Layton and Rancid, which we covered. Number nine, Josh Hutchinson and Hayne, which we canceled. We covered. Number eight, Bronson Pinchot and Paul Young. Balky. Who's Balky? Who's who's? Which one's Balky? I don't so know. So Bronson Pinchot played Balky on Perfect Strangers. Oh, okay. I don't know. Uh, number seven is Donald Pleasance was the host, mm. and the guest was Fear. The most most of Fear's Wikipedia page is made up of their infamous SNL performance where they like destroyed the set. Yeah, they were uh, they were never asked back because yeah. they like trashed yeah. this. So that's like exactly. a self fulfilling prophecy where like they're not famous because they're exactly like, SNL. Yeah. Number six, I have Margot Kidder, and then the music guest was the Chieftains. Margot Kidder, she was, was she the one who played Lois Lane in the Christopher Reeve Superman Yeah, films? I feel like she was famous once upon a wow. time, Margot. Okay. All right, number five, I have Justine Bateman and Terrence Trent D'Arby. Trent D'Arby, isn't Trent D'Arby, like, from the Smashing Pumpkins? Or is that Dar? No, that's Darcy. Um, um, and, and Justine Bateman was, aside from being the sister of Jason Bateman, she was on... Oh, she is? Oh. She was, she on, was on... I want to say she was on Growing right? Pain. I think she was yeah, Mallory they, yeah. on Growing oh, Pain. Oh, okay. Yeah, All right, I think you're me. off. That's not a great one. Okay, four, I have Sarah's and Keith Jarrett. Um, three, yeah, I have Patrick and Bly, Bly Mellon, so uh, me and Bloom are simpatico there. You guys don't have my number two or my number one. My number two is Luis Lasser, and the guest was the Preservation Hall Jazz Band. It was some random small-time jazz band. Yeah, you know what? It was on my also-receiving-votes, Luis Lasser. Who's Louise Lasser? Uh, Louise uh, Lasser. Well, that, I think she was on my list as well, but I believe I've heard of Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, and she played the lead character on that, and she apparently was also married to Woody Allen. Yeah, okay. you could argue that's number one. I actually have that um, on my like also receiving votes list. The, no, my number one, not my number the, one, the, the, by the is way, the I didn't put that on is because like the, it was so obvious like that band wasn't even famous like, they knew it wasn't famous it yeah. was, like, yeah. the, it was yeah. like instead of airing a rerun we'll air this yeah. <laughs> alright number one to me uh, and they win this almost unanimously the host was a guy named Robert Hayes okay I don't know and the was. musical guest was Joe King Carrasco and the Crowns what year is this? this is 1981 it, it was a Christmas Eve episode oh, oh wait so Robert Hayes Ted Stryker from Airplane Oh, he was. Yeah, so that's that's oh. that's where I would know. I mean, I again, that's like diehard comedy nerd that knows Michael Palin from Monty Python. So from my stamp viewpoint, I view that as incorrect. But then again, if the okay. general crowd doesn't remember, they might remember Airplane, but I don't think they they remember. No, it's January twenty fourth, Chester. It's not Christmas Eve. Oh, typo in my notes. Sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's odd. They wouldn't they wouldn't have an episode on Christmas Eve. I bet, but this is also the um, this is the Ebersol era, right? This is the first year of the Ebersol yeah. era. Yeah, what, what you were and saying. And the guests were really weak. So I yeah. I want to go into some of my miscellaneous before we get into the famous ones. Like, because that year there's this there's an order. There's like a Ray Sharkey, Karen Black, Robert Hayes, Sally Kellerman, Deborah Harry, Char- Charlene Tilton. Then the next week's Bill Murray. Then the final week there's no there's no host. Mm-hmm. Like oh, some of those so years yeah. are weird. So there's two episodes that have no hosts, and the musical guest is somebody I never heard of. So those yeah. might even be worse. One those of them might, is right, Junior Walker and the All Stars. And no the All Stars. But yeah. I don't know. I'd and, have to go back. It might have been like they had like twenty. Like, but then years. here's the weirder one: season ten, season premiere, the first episode of the season, no hosts, and the musical guests were the Thompson Twins. But you could. Yeah. But the same thing happened with season seven too. They ended season six with no hosts, yeah, and they started Rod season Stewart. seven with no hosts. But yeah. Rod Stewart is really famous. Who the hell are the Thompson Twins? I think I've heard of the Thompson Twins before, but not, not definitely in the capacity compared to Rod Stewart. Yeah, and that's exactly. still That's still Ebersol era. So speaking of Ebersol, here are some of my random notes that I have. Uh, 
Ebersole let his wife, Susan James, Ebersole, my yes. former boss, so I should be nice to Mr. Ebersole, um, uh, let his wife, Susan St. James, host the season opener one season, which is insane. Um, yeah. The, like the, she was, there's a lot of his wife discussed in SNL books. If, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Steve Martin has hosted so much that he hosted with musical guests The Kinks and Kinky Friedman in the same season. Kink-related, uh, very kinky year, yeah. Yeah, they yeah. did. They used to do. This is my argument against Chester. Why I say there was only like seventy famous people in like the late, er, the early eighties, uh, late seventies. They let Ralph Nader host like forty years ago. But maybe the craziest host in the history of the show is Ron Nesson, who was Gerald Ford's press secretary. No, but that's very famous because they invited Ford, and so he sent his press secretary because they had been making fun of him. But yeah, that was know, but that's it's crazy. crazy. It's like Sean Spicer is actually kind but of Al, famous Al now. Sharpton, he could probably host it. But Al Sharpton's done it like a Al lot Sharpton of people. Al famous. Yeah, but yeah, I think Al, Al Sharpton, Al Sharpton Ed, Ed Koch, and yeah. Rudy Giuliani do not compare to the press secretary. I do agree with the key with that. Like, no, no, like, no, 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 no. Everybody knew who Gerald Ford's press secretary hosted. No, everybody knew – the way everybody knows who Sean Spicer is today, everybody knew who Gerald Ford's press secretary was that year, especially because he's being made fun of on SNL every week. Ron Nesson. It was equivalent to Sean um, – yeah, I mean yeah. – Frank Zappa with Don Pardo as the slime. I don't know what that is. Zappa also did a solo as musical guest and host. Once. Yeah, uh, Hugh Hefner with Libby Titus. That's a weird week. <laughs> O.J. No, the, Simpson. The, 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 the weirdest week to me, I forget if I – I'm trying to see if I took it down. It was Tom Arnold with somebody else, with Tupac as the musical guest. I didn't write him down, but it does seem like when they back in the day when they would have a rap group, they would go with like the whitest possible guy for the host. But Tom, Arnold, Tom Arnold's a big hip hop fan. He has, no, I don't, he has a podcast there or something. Some funny ones. Um, yeah. uh, OJ Simpson with Ashford and Simpson. You knew, you knew they would just say, hey, that, it would be funny if we threw these two names together. Yeah, that, yeah. that was planned. Uh, Gary Busey was once the host and the musical guest. That's crazy. Wait, he was? Yes. Um, there was a few musical guests, but he Wait, was one of them. Where? He just joined the band. Bill Murray uh, hosted one one time, and the musical guest was the Whiffenpoofs, like an acapella group. Oh from yeah, Yale. The, the Yale acapella group. <laughs> I mean, like, th- like I know they had they famously were in the news a couple years ago. Like their the Yale basketball team's best player like took a year off because if you're in the Whiffenpoofs, I think you're not in Yale that year or something. But uh, I don't know. That acapella wasn't even cool then, and now it's not cool again. But that's pretty weird. I f- Mike, did you? I feel like you probably did. Some acapella in college? Am I right or no? You are correct. I yeah. was the uh, <laughs> yeah. like the musical arranger of most of our songs in the acapella. Oh, but you were group. okay. So you were the arranger. You weren't. You weren't. Uh, and but the the acapella the the biggest acapella group from our college, uh, like they make like those guys stayed with the group. Like they didn't leave the group in college. They stayed with. Well, it that's because they the made it big. Also, and I'm um, saying like those guys like make a living from that group. Like they do well. Still, like yeah, but they broke later. the rules because usually it's supposed to be that you know every four years it's like a team, right? You know, no, no, no. Sports they, team, they yeah. like they like inc- incorporated it and they they make a lot yeah. of money. Um, Drew yeah. Barrymore hosted when she was seven years old. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he talks about that. Yeah. Uh, baseball announcers used to be much more famous. Bob Euchre and Howard Cosell hosted in the same year. There, there are some really not famous musical guests that uh, have been lost to time. Tim Buck Three, the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the sequel to Tim Buck Two. Julie's Cruise and the Spanic Boys, Hothouse Flowers. I like the week that Joe Montagna hosted with Vanilla Ice. This is one of my favorite notes. Rob Morrow is a not especially famous actor. He hosted one week where Nirvana was the musical guest. Rob Morrow has 14,000 followers on Twitter. Kurt Cobain 
who died uh, like 20 years before Twitter was invented, is verified and has more followers on Twitter than Rob Morrow today. Um, Steve Forbes, the like third party political, like can you imagine if Jill Stein hosted this year? Um, uh, Steve Forbes hosted once. You were, we were talking yeah, about like, Steve Forbes. He was a, like an also ran in the 92 primary for the I know, Republican it's party. Um, yeah. uh, we're talking about like wacky mixtures of host and musical guest. Nathan Lane with Metallica is one of my favorite ones. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, one of the least favorite athlete, famous athletes, usually an athlete is like a real A-lister, like one of the Manning brothers or, or LeBron, uh, Johnny Mosley, who was like, yeah, they, I think he's more well known as like a host of the challenge than he is a, an actual athlete. Yeah, they, that's right. They, um, they like ha- NBC likes having like who is the biggest person from the Olympics? Like you know Michael Phelps. Let's get him the host. Uh, but Johnny Mosley, like sometimes the Winter Games doesn't produce as big of a star as the Summer Games. Uh, I like Ray Romano with Zwan. Um, the, I, I, the, I wrote the most '90s groups. I'll give you them in a second. But the most '2000s group ever, like grouping, is Dane Cook with James Blunt. Oh like yeah, that's, from that's now, peak, peak 2006 right there. Yes, yeah, exactly. My 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 four biggest like these are the '90s uh, pairings were Courtney Cox with the Dave Matthews Band. That's very '90s. Yeah, mm-hmm. Lucy Lawless with Elliot Smith. R.I.P. Elliot. Smith. Eh, eh. James Vanderbeek with Everlast. That's a yeah. good one. Yeah, a good one. And and like the most '90s uh, one of all, like successful '90s was Sarah Michelle Gellar with the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, and, and the, then the my, back, my, my back other, other, other really <laughs> their tick on the upswing, but yeah, back, that was definitely their their time. Yeah, and my my probably my favorite pairing of all time, Donald Trump with Toots and the Maytals. <laughs> <laughs> that was when Trump came out in like in in oh two or three, whatever it was. In right? 04, he was promoting The Apprentice. Yeah. Who thought that our yeah. current sitting president is a two time host on SNL? Yeah, and that's the one where he walked around, like Mike Shirt tells the story, he walked yeah. around all week showing everybody the ratings from TV Guide. He photocopied a, a page yeah. of the TV Guide that talked about how good the ratings were, and he showed it to everyone. Yeah. And as, yeah. and, right, as Mike and at the said, time, people thought, oh, that's weird. Right, they work. thought it was cute, and now they realize, like, oh, he was a sociopath who like, does, yeah. that, does that now with the election uh, map. Yeah. All right, so let's do, let's do, um, did you give your, you, we're up to the, the biggest ones, right? Yeah, so uh, as an entree, I will just announce that the most recent episode with Dwayne Johnson as host and Katy Perry's musical guest, to me, is the 30th biggest wow. host-guest combo of all time. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I, I would definitely, I, I only, you know, like, I did a short list of, like, five or six. And I would put it up there just because Dwayne Johnson, if, I believe he made the most money, highest paid actor in 2016, and Katy mm-hmm. Perry... Was I know she like lost a tick just because she'd been doing other stuff, but she was the first female artist I believe to ever produce an album that had like five or six number one hits. So I feel like she's oh, wow. gonna stand the test of time a bit, but that's just recency bias. So I can totally understand. Not if, if uh, Taylor Swift has anything to do with it, but yeah, it's yeah possible. Well, she, well, one of her songs was like a big subtweet to Taylor Swift. Isn't Taylor sort of on the downswing right now? No, I, she's I, just not doing anything. Yeah, that's oh. that's the thing with the that's the thing with musical arts, especially nowadays. She's being that, embraced like, by the uh, alt right to her chagrin. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing about musical, I guess I maybe feel like chagrin. Nowadays, I don't know. Her, well, I her think, best her best friend is uh, is dating a Kushner, so who knows? Yeah, but I I do feel like especially nowadays with you know the big revolving door that is fame, like you won't hear about people for a little while and then they'll come back and make an album. Like Gaga's a good example where like she went away for a couple of years and then she comes out with this like quasi country album and now she's back in the main light again. Yeah, but she's in the she's in the mainstream, but also like it wasn't a big hit. So she's her star is definitely like faded a little bit where Taylor Swift definitely hasn't. She's just if you're like a musician at a certain point, you do like album tour and then you like take a break for a year. 
I am surprised that Swift hasn't hosted. She's hosted once before, and she appeared on the 40th anniversary special, like in an actual sketch. She's so too phony to host. She's too phony to host. The Ford, and I wish we had a podcast back then. The 40th special, which was one of the most exciting things in my life, obviously. There were so many weird things about it. Jerry Seinfeld having a huge role in that. Right. When he, he was very like odd. Once, right? he, he he's hosted once. once yeah. And he's not, yeah, and he's not, he's not really like close with like, he's not in the Lauren Michaels crew, really. I mean, he's right. an NBC guy. It was like, if you were famous enough, you could be part of it. Like, what do you mean? Kanye got two songs. I mean, Kanye is he's such a legendary part, at least that point, like of SNL. Um, yeah, because Kanye's the one when he had his, that performance where he, he was the first, he is sort of considered a legend. He's the first one who actually like turns it into not just a, a musical performance, but a visual performance. Right, Everybody else would just play in, like, that. the fake Grand Central Station. And right. he was the first one who sort of transformed it, the whole area. And now everybody does that. Or not everybody, but, you know, many. All right, so, All right, Mike, so why don't you, you – so, Mike, yeah, give us your you list of the best. Yeah, I'll just throw some names out here and feel free to agree or disagree, especially since, you know, considering how far Dwayne Johnson and Katy Perry fell on Chester's list, I feel like I'm going to be going – we're not going to be so simpatico as we once were with the other side of the list. Uh, going backwards chronologically – I do feel like another episode from this season, I know we just mentioned her and you said her star was fading a bit, Akiva, but I do think the Tom Hanks Lady Gaga episode should be considered somewhat within the top whatever, just because we just talked about the star power of Hanks. Hanks has done a lot of things. I did try to limit in terms of like the Steve Martin, Tom Hanks episodes to only maybe one or two appearances. Yeah, it's tough. Right. There are a lot of like musical guests or hosts where it's like, well, if they're super famous, then it's just like you really have three of them in the top ten. Yeah. Yeah. So I would I would put them up there just not only from like modern day relevance, but I feel like Lady Gaga is you know unlike I've I've had like other people like Chris Pratt, Ariana Grande, like they're hot right now, but I don't know if they're going to you know five years from now be in the position where Gaga is right now. Uh, I considered Steve Martin and Prince from uh, February 06 up there. I mean, I think Prince obviously has a lot more relevance now in lieu of his death, but I think that just shows how much of a magnetic force he was on the music scene. And Steve Martin, I know that people might be saying, you know, Steve Martin overrated, but I mean... A little bit of an SNL creation. He's on my, like, also receiving votes list. I, He's really famous, but he's not as next level famous, I'm sure, as the next guys on your list. He's more of like, he's in the SNL family. You know, but I, he never was on the show. He's just a frequent guest. He's know, in the family the way that Baldwin or Hanks is. He's really famous. Steve Martin has eight and a half million followers on Twitter. That's like an unbelievable amount for like, the guy but he, he made so many monster movies in the 70s and 80s. Exactly. He was like the no. biggest stand-up he, comedian. He was the one of I know, the but, that, but, then he, but, but Mike is talking about an episode where, where he's already like past his prime. Yeah. Well, I didn't, right. I didn't take context into it in that regard of like where they were well, in their Chester career. Chester is, I think. Okay. Well, then speaking of that context, then I put the Seinfeld David Bowie episode up there because mm. in October second, nineteen ninety nine, Seinfeld was not only one of the hottest comedians, but one of like the biggest TV stars out yeah. there at the yeah, time. Yeah, but Bowie, what? How how big was Bowie in ninety nine? That would be my like gripe with that. I feel like he was still he was obviously not as big as he was in the seventies or eighties, but I feel like he was still a name. And yeah. It, yeah. if you if you take into account previous career as well. That's definitely yeah. up there. Uh, I think right, another... lifetime. That's up there, but I I don't know how big Bowie yeah. was in '99. Yeah, uh, Tom Bowie Hanks was always big. Tom Hanks and Aerosmith is it's between the yeah. Tom Hanks Aerosmith and Tom Hanks Keith Richards. Uh, Robin Williams and Paul Simon. 
Uh, I know Williams, again, obviously got a little bit of an uptick due to his death, but I feel like in the 80s and 90s, he was an, not as, you know, unstoppable as someone like Steve Martin was, but, like, was still putting out a bunch of hits and was, like... Yeah, a real one... movie star. But uh, the, the only thing is, like, if it's Simon and Garfunkel, that gets bumped up a little bit. Simon Solo is not as big as Simon and Garfunkel together. Mm, no, because Garfunkel has been a nobody for forty years. I know, but the group Simon did Garfunkel. The group as a pair. So, are you, would you say the same about NSYNC or Backstreet Boys? No, I disagree. Or, or no, um, because Timberlake. Or, or hold on, or Beyonce, Beyonce and Destiny's Child. Well, we no, I disagree. Have that argument, I think, but, but yeah. it's an um, And the final one I Simon's would say, I know, I know that we group. said in an email thread prior to this podcast that it doesn't count since you know this house isn't really an actor, but. Johnny Cash, Elton John, I feel like yeah, has that's to on be my list. About. No, I, I if because Chester didn't make the no music rule, but like it's it's two musicians, but and again, as mus- the musicians on the show are a little more famous usually than the the A list actors, but yeah, Cash, Elton John is 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 up there. Especially it was so it was so early in the show that Cash was like a really big deal. It was before. So hold on, I just I just want to point out that Mike thought we were not going to be simpatico. Mike, every single uh, episode you just named is in my top fourteen. Oh wow! Except for the Steve Martin Prince one, which is number twenty eight. Okay. But wow. you, you just hit my, my 5, my 6, my 9, my 11, my 13, my 14. So we are pretty aligned there, actually. I'm, I'm, that's fantastic. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm all for argument and conflict on this podcast. I feel like that's sort of the undercurrent of this and really makes it a fantastic podcast. But I'm, I'm, I'm totally happy that we're in agreement. Yeah, pretty strong agreement there. Okay. All right, I'll now let's check his terrible list. <laughs> uh, not in any order, but I'll save the number one for last. Um, you you didn't mention this one, but especially given the time, I think it's a big one. Patrick Swayze with Mariah Carey. That's a good. Sw- one. Well, Swayze was that was in the nineties, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, October of nineteen ninety. Swayze. Still I think big Mar- in I think Swayze is oh, well, near go, his peak. Ghost was a, Ghost was early nineties, right? Yeah, Swayze's at his peak. It's like in between Dirty Dancing and Ghost. I think, but Carey was pre-peak mm. a little bit. That's yeah, true. It's but possible. It, but if, but if yeah. we're but if we're sort of looking at and again we're all sort of taking a bunch of different pieces of criteria at this point. But if we're doing the the point of view of looking back at these two names now, what significance do they hold? I feel like it could be up there. Yeah, Sway. So I mean, I don't know. I'm just going to point out that uh, Mike, every single one of your episodes was in my top thirty, and all but one was in my top fourteen. And Akiva's first is outside my top fifty. So the yeah, the, the Chester Keith conflict, the Chester Keith conflict continues. If your list is like canon, and I'm just supposed to guess yeah. what your list yeah. is. Well, no, and you know, I like how you say that because that's, and I think I brought this up on the podcast before, but it always annoys me when right after like the NBA draft or the NFL draft, uh, you know, like Mel Kiper Jr. goes and grades each team's draft. All he's saying is, how closely did this team's rankings align with my rankings? Totally. Right? It's so dumb. It's like, if you if, if the team drafted guys who I have low on my rankings, then I'm going to give them a poor grade. And if it's just saying, do you agree with me? Um, yeah, so that's kind of what I'm doing here. But yeah. By the way, uh, the one other thing I had in my notes for like the idea that the musical guest is so much bigger than the the like the host from a fame standpoint. Listen to this stretch run to begin 1993 of musical guests: Bon Jovi, Madonna, mm. Mick Jagger, Paul McCartney. So that's the lead singer of the two biggest bands ever, back to back weeks. Um, Sting and Mary J. Blige. That's six weeks in a row. All six of those. Uh, have uh, have performed have literally been famous enough to be the musical guest at the Super Bowl. Mary J. Blige was like the secondary to maybe Britney Spears or someone else, but she was still up there. And the other that's five so, were 
That's so interesting, too, because looking at the history, I mean, that comes right off of what is my favorite era in SNL history, which is the late 80s, early 90s, the, like, Phil Hartman, John Lovitz, Jan Hooks, Dana Carvey, Kevin Nealon, beginning of Mike Myers, uh, and David Spade and Chris Farley era. But maybe, so maybe it was just sort of like a like a, a lagging indicator that they were like, oh, SNL's really hot again. Let's bring on these these big and popular guests to do it. And that's just the beginning. Yeah. That's like, you got Sandler playing songs every week. Yeah. yeah this- 91 to 94 is the highest point ever for the show and also the highest point ever for the host musical guest combo. So I think that there is, that's not a coincidence. The show was at its cultural zeitgeist. Right. Remember, right after that, they started copying it with like Mad TV and all that kind of stuff. All right. I have, uh, I have, I also had Johnny Cash with Elton John, like Mike. I have... Charles Barkley with Nirvana. I feel like Nirvana is like when they were on, obviously, because they were never, by the time they became big, they were the biggest band in the world until they didn't exist anymore. Um, and like Barkley was really big then. So in, in a vacuum, that was a, probably a, one of the biggest weeks ever of the show. Um, like the energy that Nir- like, oh, Nirvana's playing this week blows out of the water, you know, oh, uh, you know, like Katy Perry's coming in. Mm-hmm. What was, was Barkley still playing back then? Yes, Barkley was yeah. still playing. Although, he, oddly, he Barkley been, hosts he, now that he's like... Well, yeah, he, had he, just, he hosted only like a few years ago when he was retired, too. Yeah, but that was his apex. He had just been the MVP of the league and had just lost the NBA Finals to Jordan a couple months earlier. Yes. So that was, and it was, that, the, that was, it was the debut of the following season. Um, uh, Tom Hanks with Bruce Springsteen. That was a good one, yeah. And, and it's hard. Like, There's a lot of Bruce's. Matt Damon with Bruce Springsteen also. I have like who's more uh, you could argue that Damon I don't know on his at, like Hanks is bigger than Damon but Damon at this point in his career is obviously a bigger celebrity than than Hanks and you could also argue the uh, Damon the, 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 the Faye yeah. Polar with Springsteen from a couple of years ago it, that from, was on my also receiving votes again yeah. that's a little bit SNL centric but yeah that was on my my also receiving votes were John Travolta with Seal I like that one <laughs> Rosie, <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell with Whitney Houston just it must have been an epic week like Every PA must have run home crying that week. Like the two meanest people on earth. I'm going to sleep. Like just yelling at um, The the uh, Tina with Amy with Bruce Springsteen. I have Justin Timberlake with Lady Gaga. I also like the uh, Kate Winslet with Eminem week. Kate Winslet maybe not like an A plus list sort of like, you know, she's an A list movie star, but not necessarily an A list celebrity. But um, but with Eminem, that that was probably a fun combo. Uh, I also have. Um, so I have Matt Damon with Bruce Springsteen, Halle Berry with Britney Spears when they're both in their mm. prime. That's a big one. You forget how big Britney was, Chester. No, I have the one high up on my list. That's a that's a big one. This this is tricky. Steve Martin. I know I just knocked him, but Steve Martin with Paul McCartney is a really like massive week. I have it in my top ten, but you could argue maybe no because he was playing with Linda, which obviously like. If you were going to a concert and it was like Paul McCartney, you'd be excited. If it was like Paul and Linda, you'd obviously be 90% less excited. <laughs> um, and then I have um, – well, I'll save one of them because it spoils my my main one. So I have Robert De Niro with Destiny's Child. You got you got one of the biggest actors ever and Beyonce on the stage at the same uh, time. One of the biggest actors ever and one of the worst hosts ever. <laughs> yeah, not a good host. You know, and uh, and maybe a guy who should have stopped making movies ten years ago. Also, and well, but, he also did it way past. He did it in two thousand four. It's way yeah. past. Did he wrote, no, it was past his A list prime, but he was still a really big A list actor. 
he like, was really famous, but he hasn't really made a good movie in 15 years. I know, but we only realized that like four years ago. We didn't. Realize I mean, we were, that we were just crapping on one of his movies earlier on in this podcast. Which movie? No, when he made the Meet Made-off the Fockers Two is when everybody knew he was done. Okay, but so De Niro with Destiny's Child again. Le- Destiny's Child less than Beyonce, similar to NSYNC, less than uh, Justin Timberlake. Yeah, and for then sure. my number one in terms of pure fame all time. I don't think there's an argument, and Chester's going to argue, but I think this is number one. No one's mentioned it. LeBron James with Kanye West, the the two most mm. famous. It's the most famous. They're they're. I think other than the presidents of the United States and Justin Bieber, they're the men with the most followers on Twitter. Oh, I mean, Kanye <laughs> deleted his Twitter, but before that, you know, um, they they're just there are there isn't. I don't think there's a combination of people more famous than them. LeBron and Kanye West. What I think it's a very very valid argument. All right, so I was complimenting Mike Bloom for our simpatico rankings. Yeah. But the highest uh, on my rankings that Mike Bloom got to was he got Robin Williams and Paul Simon, which had number six. He had Johnny Cash and Elton John at number five. He didn't get my top four. And Akiva just knocked down the top three in a row. Nice. So, by by so, the way, uh, I, so my other in the top ten is Ben Affleck with Kanye West. Oh, and then he just got number four. There nice. it is. Yeah, I just didn't want to spoil. I didn't want to. I didn't want to start. Well, and so. that was again. If you're putting it in that Affleck period, that was right after Argo, right? Like I think it was actually yes. right after the Academy yes. Awards. It, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. The, well, actually, is, who's more famous, Damon or Affleck? Oh, Affleck. Right now, I feel, Affleck I feel like is more Damon famous? definitely, definitely, Affleck. Damon definitely has a higher box office value though maybe after batman versus yeah. superman affleck might be competitive but affleck now has like actually has the reputation of like an esteemed filmmaker now yeah right. but also Affleck's he's had a bunch of famous relationships and damon married away yeah yeah exactly affleck has yeah. the tabloid feature as well whereas damon has been like relatively quiet on that front yeah right i would much so rather you guys, hang out with damon than affleck i don't know about you you guys named i'm just looking you guys named almost everything in my top 20 you missed a couple um you also didn't name a couple that i thought for sure you would name i'm a little bit surprised those. Um, so here's an interesting one. I had this number 35, Harvey Keitel and Madonna. Because Madonna was so huge always. Yeah, Madonna this is was 90- huge. I mean, Harvey Keitel is like, I don't know. Like, in our yeah. generation, he's like a secondary, mm. like, character. Yeah. Actor, but but then the one right above that, which I thought Keeve would have gone for, was the season 34 premiere. Michael Phelps off the 2008 Olympics yeah. with Lil Wayne. Yeah, no. You know, Lil Wayne, great, but, but not universal appeal. Uh, same thing with Michael Phelps. I, I wouldn't put that anywhere close. I don't yeah, know, I'm a little but bit Michael surprised. Phelps is like going to be remembered as one of the greatest American athletes of all yeah. time. Well, then, then you're not going to like my number 25. He's a no, hold on, number 25 was yeah. Aretha Franklin, his musical guest, who's obviously super famous at any era. Sure. And Nancy Kerrigan, two weeks after the '94 yeah, Olympics. Yeah, no, that's, Ooh, that's for the. Listen, you could have gotten Sully Solenberger to host the week after he hit the plane. No, Nancy Kerrigan was the most famous woman in America in 1994, yeah, in March no, of 1994. People don't realize how big that was. Mike, who's a little younger yeah. than us, like. The, the the Nancy Kerrigan Tanya Harding thing, which I'm sure you know about, right? Yes. Oh, yes. It, but <laughs> I don't know if you realize, like that did better than the Super Bowl. The 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 actual tape delayed figure skating of the Olympics <laughs> that year beat That's the Super yeah. Bowl. It was like and then and then like the she got back. Thing she got back history. from Lillehammer and immediately hosted SNL with Aretha Franklin as musical guest. Yeah, that's, that's a massive I agree. episode. Yeah. Uh, Aretha, amazing legend. Also, everyone only knows one song of hers. Like, I'm not putting Aretha in the same boat as... What did Aretha and Nancy... Yeah. What did Aretha and Nancy talk about? I'm not putting Aretha in the same boat as, like, Kanye West or Bruce Springsteen. I'm sorry. All right. What did Aretha and Nancy talk about at the after party? Nancy's (laughs) a big whiner. That's what everyone says. (laughs) Yeah. All right. uh, By the way, also similar in... It was massive in its era. At number 26 on my list, I have Cuba Gooding Jr. and Ricky Martin. Ricky Martin. What what year was this? That should have been in my nineties list. No, Ricky Martin. Well, yeah, it's in the nineties list. It was in nineteen ninety nine. Ricky Martin was enormous. Top two hundred though. 
No, he was he, Ricky Martin was so Martin huge Jr. in 1999 was for three weeks. Like you're insane. Okay, and that's when he hosted the show. He, he all right. Anyways, I have six Tom Hanks's in the top twenty. By the way, um, but I have I have Bobby De Niro and Destiny's Child at twenty two, which Akiva mentioned. I have Halle Berry, Britney Spears at twenty one, which Akiva mentioned. Um, the only episode I have from the first seven seasons anywhere in my top fifty is the second episode of the show all time. Host Paul Simon and guest was Art Garfunkel, which yeah, I just plus wild. Randy plus Randy Newman and a couple other people. I just think it's really funny how they separated them. <laughs> um, all right. Um, so then um, no, I'll, I'll do my top fourteen very quickly. Hanks and Aerosmith, which Mike mentioned. Seinfeld and Bowie, which uh, which uh, Mike mentioned. Barkley and Nirvana, which Keith mentioned. Tom Hanks and Lady Gaga, which Mike mentioned. Number ten. Neither one of you mentioned this. Huge, huge in 1982. Eddie Murphy coming back to the show yeah. that he had single Lionel, that he single handedly saved. Lionel, Lionel Richie. Richie, yeah, yeah, yeah that's pretty good. I, you know, that's my a great thought episode. was like Lionel Richie loses points because he started like the whole reality era by like birthing Nicole <laughs> Richie. <laughs> I, I like Lionel Richie. Big was he ever like the A plus list guy? Maybe he was, but I'm not sure. Did, see, I, I, I would agree with that. Probably I think was. that Richie was like pretty big. I know that Murphy yeah, was. Right. I, like I know that you guys were stating you know the the weight of the, the Kerrigan Tanya Harding thing. I would say to all the listeners out there, you would not believe how giant of a star Eddie Murphy was in the in the early eighties, even no, outside 100%. of SNL. He was Be- the biggest movie star. Yeah, Beverly. He had the Beverly number Hills one record, the only. number one movie, and yeah. the number one like TV show. I think yeah, Beverly no, Hills sure. Cop had a record for a long, long time as the number one R-rated comedy. Right, like just, we talked about yeah. the SNL forty thing. Like the biggest thing at the SNL forty yeah. was supposed <laughs> to be Eddie Murphy, uh, you know, doing a bit, and then he he chickened out. But like, laid an egg. He was yeah. he was the hammer. Like he was. You know, of a show where like Jay Z and Beyonce were playing the after party, he was the number one guy. Yeah. All right. Then at number nine, I have Hanks and Richards, which uh, Mike mentioned. Eight and seven on my list. Neither one of you guys mentioned. Number eight, I have Sharon Stone in 1992 and Pearl Jam. Mm, yeah. For both of Sha- them. Yeah. They were huge. I mean, yeah, Sharon Stone. You I'm- definitely picked, got him at the right time. I thought I would be a homer for picking that, you know, as a Pearl Jam guy, but that's a pretty good yeah, use. Pearl- I, I would yeah. like to be at that show. And then number seven, which also really, really shocked. Not, I thought Keith was going to mention this one for sure. The number uh, season seventeen, the same season as Sharon Stone and Pearl Jam, the season premiere. Michael Jordan, after having just won his first NBA title, yeah, and Public Enemy, which was you know like the biggest, yeah. you know, I, I think I like Public Enemy. Did they have national appeal at the time? That was my that was my thinking. I, well, rap, I think rap had just become a super famous thing because was of that. Jordan was Jordan bad? I don't I don't remember anything about Jordan's episode. I remember a couple skits, but I don't remember overall. I mean, I don't Can know. you be I mean, an SNL it... fan and call them skits and not sketches? Mike, can we kick him out of the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ken, he agrees with us so much. How can we not? No, but don't you, like, that? that's a sign of, like, a phony, right? Someone who says skits and not sketches. <laughs> Sorry, you're right, you're right. <laughs> Plays, performances. All right, uh, number six, I have Robin Williams and Paul Simon, which Mike had. Number five, Johnny Cash and Elton John. And then uh, my top four are two musical guests have all of them. Number four, I have Ben Affleck and Kanye West. Three, I have LeBron James and Kanye West. And two, I have Matt Damon and Bruce Springsteen. And the reason I have them two is because Ben Affleck's a little more famous than Matt Damon, but Bruce Springsteen is more famous than Kanye West. And again, Bruce Springsteen has been famous. I don't Bruce think Springsteen. True. Okay, Akiva, in 2017, that's not the case, maybe, but in 1975, Bruce Springsteen was on the cover of Time and Newsweek in the same week. Okay? Yeah. And 40, or what are we, 40 years later? 42 years later, whatever we're at, Bruce Springsteen is still like the, like, insanely famous he has concerts that sell out everywhere he goes will anybody know who kanye west is in 40 years this is you know the, maybe yeah, because he could still be president said. everyone, everyone <laughs> kanye west is going to be like in in the history books 
Anyway, so I have Matt Damon and Bruce Springsteen at number two for that reason. And number one, also from that epic season, uh, season 17, I have Tom Hanks and Bruce Springsteen. Because again, Tom Hanks is, along with Tom Cruise, the most famous actor of our lifetimes, the biggest actor, I think. And Bruce Springsteen is the biggest solo male performer, other than Michael Jackson, who wasn't on the show, and Madonna, obviously not male. And, you know, and then the other ones, you know, like the Beatles are a band, not an individual. So to me, Tom Hanks and Bruce Springsteen is uh, as big as uh, SNL ever got. But again, because they both came on the show so often, I don't know if that was an episode everybody was pumped for necessarily. Mm-hmm. Right. But, you know, a hundred years from now, if somebody's going through this list, or a thousand years from now, how many episodes will the average person recognize the host and musical guest name? Almost none. But for sure they'll recognize Tom Hanks and Bruce Springsteen. I mean, that's being kind of Bruce Springsteen. Like, do, who, who is the biggest, who is the biggest, name one musician from 1917, dummy. Like, <laughs> like who? Literally name one person who who who's made it a hundred years and still matters. But, but that but that's our music but, may be totally forgotten to history. Yeah, I'm but so few. Yeah, but exactly. So few names are going to be saved, and Springsteen is one of the names that's going to be saved. Kind of when you think and about it like that, Bob I mean, I Dylan. I guess Bob Dylan like, also. You'll, everyone will have access to it, whereas like we didn't have access growing up. Not that we wanted access to like. Yeah, there are no recordings music. of the music to 1917. Um, so right, maybe it was great. Maybe it was like you know early like. <laughs> Eddie Cantor, but I guess Eddie Cantor is a little bit after that. He's in the twenties. I was thinking like you two, like if they ever had a decent guest, like they're such a big band, but they only. I have them at number sixteen with Val Kilmer. Yeah, Val Kilmer. They <laughs> also hosted with with Megan Fox, who whatever happened yeah. to her, and uh, with Luke Wilson. <laughs> they never really had an A list. Yeah. I also yeah. like one one I didn't mention on the really bad weeks. Sean Hayes, maybe he's back in the news a little bit because. Uh, well, Grace. Grace coming back, but Sean Hayes not super fa- not the star of a of just an NBC sitcom. Never been in a movie. Uh, with Shaggy, <laughs> it wasn't me, guy. But again, we yeah. all know one of his songs. Also, like the, so here, the episode, like maybe the episode I would have least wanted to be at ever. Renee Zellweger with Eve. I don't know. Who <laughs> I guess Eve is not Eve. Oh, Sims, yeah. Right? I, yeah well, actually, no, one, of the, one of the ones on my short list. Your mind. Yeah, yeah, Eve but, had the tattoos of the paw prints on her chest. Well, one yeah, of the one of the ones Eve. on the short list for uh, the worst, and maybe this will actually bump it off because Eve host uh, guested multiple times. But I had Nia Vardalos with Eve. Nia Vardalos is the yeah, that's real. That was on, that was also I considered it. That's yeah, because because I, I again I know it's like pretty popular. Now. I came up with that pretty heinous uh, sequel a couple of years ago. But I again like sort of like what I said about John Hader. Ten years from now, do you think people are going to remember my big fat Greek wedding as sort of like this cultural touchstone of the early two thousands? No, New York Dallas is like not even working. Like that's what I sort of looked at with actors. Like, do they are they still getting gigs? Like she doesn't even get gigs. Uh, and but I didn't I didn't know what Eve was up to. But that actually maybe should be in the top ten. That's a good call. Another another like really funny combination of of host musician Al Gore with Fish. Yes, I had that on my list because Al Gore had just run for president and won the popular vote. But I don't know, you know, I don't know if fish how famous they're outside like my circle of people. I had the exact yeah, same line and, of thinking too. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think I think outside of obviously, you know, Trump, I think Gore might have been the most famous politician at Well, the John time. McCain hosted in two thousand two when he was super famous. And he also came on the show but wasn't the host. He came on the show two days before the election in two thousand eight, which is really cool of him. Yeah. Um the part of that is because he knew at that point he was gonna lose. So right, he was like, maybe he should campaign. <laughs> He was, he was spreading um, the word early about Trump. I, I, yeah, so that's pretty good. Any any other notes, Chester or Mike? Yeah, I want to bring it back to Seinfeld, to your other podcast for a second. So Jason Alexander hosted once. Jerry Seinfeld hosted once. Julie Louis-Dreyfus has hosted a couple of times. Mm. Kramer, who was on Fridays, uh, you know, an SNL-type show uh, yes. early on. And, and Kramer, uh, Cosmo Kramer, the 
you know, a huge star on a massive NBC show for nine years, yeah. never on SNL. Too weird. What's that I don't think he would have done it. I don't. I just he's a weird guy. You know, you watch these inside looks, and when they talk to him, he's just bizarre and doesn't. Seem yeah, but like he got started you. in a sketch TV show. I know, Friday. I know. He's, but I, I, he, like, he would have also demanded that SNL like not be live, and that like <laughs> they, each each thing is like a week to shoot. I don't. I, it would have been weird. I would have liked to see that though, but if they did it in the style of like when they did had the Francis Francis Ford Coppola directed framed episode back in the seventies, where they like made it a bit that Michael Richards would be a diva and come on and demand they start things over again. It'd be a little too out there because uh, they really attempted to do crazy stuff back in the seventies with this show. But I thought it was it would be a lot of fun and it would be for our OCD brain to be able to satiate having the core four on there. Yeah, the the um. Well, LD is hosted, so he's the fourth from the, yeah. from the, uh, another episode that like historically I don't think will look you know they'll look back fondly on Paris Hilton with the British band Keen who had like that like <laughs> somewhere <laughs> only we know song, but that's like I think they're a one hit wonder basically. Okay, but let me ask you this. Actually, Mike, I'll ask you first. If you could have your own dream pairing of host mm. and guest, who would it be? Oh my god, uh, probably. I, there's, you know what? I'm gonna give a chance to because you could like bring up the people that have done it loads of times. I could even bring up Can Bruno Mars. Dead? Can you bring like like John Lennon yeah. back? No, I, yeah, I would bring probably. Back from the grave. You know what? I, I'm I'll I'll keep the dead dead for now. Give me this is really recent, but I would love John Hamm with musical guest Bruno Mars. And that's very possible. Yeah, and that's doable. actually like that's like. If your wife was like, Mike, you get five celebrity passes, and you're like the girl at the grocery store. Yeah. Very, it's, yeah, it's, it's a little, yeah. I'm shooting low, but yeah, I'm, I'm a huge... My coworker. I, if anyone listens to my I'm podcast, you know that I'm, I'm a giant, giant John Hamm fan. I think he's fantastic on SNL. Mm. I'm very saddened that he yeah. hasn't hosted in like at least five years, so I, I want to see him yeah. host again. Yeah, I think he was getting his personal life back in order. Yeah, especially yeah. Now, nowadays, especially. <laughs> Steve, what's uh, what's what's your dream? Mm. Uh, can I be the host? <laughs> and who who's the guest? Me? Yeah, yeah, but it's you. You're juggling knives. You have to juggle them the entire performance. <laughs> um, no, uh, okay, host for me. I want I want uh, uh, Tom Cruise as my host and um, musical guest. Huh. I I just I'll just go with Pearl Jam. I could just be there. Why do you want Cruz? Cruz wouldn't be. I mean, like I would like to see like Daniel Day Lewis or somebody like that. Yeah, I was thinking Daniel Day Lewis. Mm. Like it's just so like he would also have, he would have, they would he would like demand to like cobble his own like outfits. And it would also oh, it would also be a here, mess. here's another simple wishless one. Host a musical guest Will Smith. I think that's that's a that's just like host right. and music. That's a good one. But hold host on, in 2017 music. or yeah, 1996? Oh yeah. I want him to hit the stage and sing and do Miami or getting jiggy with it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Will Smith You'd is getting, end up no, getting a no, lot of Jaden in that episode. No, you, yeah, that's what I was about to say. It would suck because he would Jayden. definitely bring Jaden on. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> you get the whole family. <laughs> Jaden was uh, on our Worst Living Americans bracket. Yeah, that was pretty the tough Jaden. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think, was Will on our Greatest Living Americans bracket or no? He was definitely considered. I don't. I, he may have yeah. made it to the first round. I feel like he was. Because we... I we had one or two it. people who were on both, but we didn't have any family members on the opposite lists, I don't right. think. Um, he may have been on there. All right, yeah. anything else, guys? Um, I guess overall, to finish off like SNL things, since I started with you know with talking about this season with Dwayne Johnson, Katy Perry, I, people obviously know my thoughts on this season from all the podcasting I've done about the second half of it, but what did you guys feel about this season overall, how, how it compares to others? 
By the way, instead of saying obviously, this is a fun move. I like to say famously. Make it sound, you know what I mean? Like people <laughs> but famously I'm not, know but my I'm not opinion. famous, so. <laughs> but you said obviously. It's almost the same thing to say like everyone knows. Yeah, my but opinion. Keep it, keep it, if it's coming from you, it should be infamously. Inf- everyone infamously knows my opinions yeah. on this subject matter. Well, speaking of everything, I mean, Mike, do you know my story about the first time I went to SNL? New. All right, so uh, he's probably going to hang up if he's heard this. But so we, you know, I submit the thing to he gets asked to go because he thinks his like yeah. wife is very attractive and they ask her. No, 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 no. So we, you know, I, I sign up for the lottery all the time. But so we won the first time we won. It was the Christmas show. It, it was also the thirtieth anniversary of John Lennon's death in two thousand ten, and it was Paul Rudd and Paul McCartney. And we got there insanely early because my wife is nuts and she wanted to get there super, super early. But it worked out because they ended up picking us to sit in like there's 12 seats that are like on the stage that they sort of move around in between sketches. So we sat in those 12 seats, oh, which nice. is where we were like literally like, you know, I saved on the DVR for a long time. Or I even have the pictures on Facebook. Like We were literally on TV going in and out of every commercial. You know, they sort of like showed the crowd for a second. Um, so we and we went and then that show uh, McCartney actually played three musical hits, which you know usually they only do two. And then you have at to be the a end, big deal to get that third song. Yeah, and then at the end of the episode, um, at the end of the episode, he played, he played as like they rolled the credits. Now I didn't realize this until I came home and watched it on my DVR. But he played, they rolled the credits, and then they cut to whatever NBC shows next, Showtime at the Apollo or whatever. But what actually happened in the studio is he played a concert of Beatles songs for like another half an hour. And wow. the and the crowd on the floor was me, my wife, ten other randoms, and then like every celebrity in New York. Like John Hamm was right next to me, uh, Kristen Wiig, Jennifer Aniston. Like they it's were crazy. like literally dancing with us. It was like it was like an incredibly cool experience. After that. So then, so then, so actually, so then a- after, so everybody else in the crowd is upstairs in the stands, which is no way to even access. So you know everybody was having a good time, but you know they weren't literally on the floor. So then afterwards, it was pandemonium on the floor going to where they go for the after party because, or at least going into the backstage area because normally at the end of the show they sort of you know they they siphon everybody off and they move everybody out. But now there's like a huge crowd of celebrities, and so my wife and I just sort of with the crowd got pushed towards that section. And, and all the celebrities were... Now, we would not have gone to the after party because I've actually heard podcasts and read articles about, like, the way it works. There's, like, a hierarchy of the limos that everybody takes. But we could have gone to, like, sort of the, the pre-after party in the stu- in the building in 30 Rock because mm-hmm. all the celebrities were, like, walking down this one lane and we could have sort of just went with them, but we sort of just shrugged and just went the other way and, like, left. Um, and so, yeah, probably could have been more exciting. Yeah. And so, so, so when you were saying before that you point. saw one of the best episodes ever as well, is that what you were alluding to? Yeah, so it was also an awesome, just because the music, I mean, it, we literally, I got to sit, stand 10 feet from the stage as Paul McCartney played a Beatles concert for 45 minutes. Yeah, that, that's um, absolutely, I know Keith so, would yeah. not have anything to do with it, but that's yeah, incredible. So, but that's, yeah, no, so that's I, prob- I would have enjoyed that. Outside the birth of my kids and my marriage, that's probably the highlight of my life. Um, and then, cool. so then, so then we won SNL tickets again. We actually won us tickets again the week my first son was born, but we couldn't go, so I gave it to my brother. Um, and then we won tickets again this year for the Sturgill Simpson Felicity Jones episode. And so we showed up super early. We're like, all right, we're going to try and do the same thing as last time. But they've totally renovated Thirty Rock, and so it looks totally different from how it looked in 2010. Mm. However. For whatever reason, they handpicked us again, and we were on the stage again. And if and uh, if you watch the episode, and I have it saved on my DVR now, you see us, and I'm wearing like a bright color yarmulke, so you can see it pretty clearly. I'll have to, I'll have uh, to take a look. Have you? Have yeah, you? Did you? So, did you go to the uh, when they had the exhibit in that tiny museum on Fifth Avenue a couple of years ago? Did you end up checking that out? 
No. It was nice. It was cool. Um, yeah. It was it like just okay. two museums. It was. It was. A, well, I mean, it wasn't really. It was like that's why he's leaving away. Manhattan. <laughs> Too um, many yeah. museums. Yeah, but but it was it was a, an interesting exhibit that like walks you through the week. So for SNL like nerds like us, it's a lot of fun. They have a lot of artifacts from the show, and it culminates in you like, all right, it's showtime, and so they give you like replicas of those seats, like you mentioned, to sit down and you watch like. Uh, p- projections of like Tina Fey come out, and you, you you turn to the three stages to like watch little sketches happen. It was a really really cool exhibit. Yeah, yeah really cool SNL. Cool. I've never been, Mike. You've never been, right? I've never been. No, no. The only, but you should. Do you do the lottery, or you don't? Or you, I, yeah, or, I, tr- I try the best I can. I don't have Chester's okay. luck, unfortunately. Maybe I need to start <laughs> yeah. having kids so that I can be inconvenient. Chester, next time you tickets. win, you have to take Mike. Forget about Jen. Um, <laughs> the the uh, what's it called? The last time. Um, I mean, the only cool, I guess the cool SNL stories I have, I've never been to the show, uh, but I did, you know, work on the, the, in the same hundred feet as the SNL studio for four years. And if I wanted to take a phone call, uh, I would have to leave my office and like walk onto the SNL stage to talk to my wife. Um, and then when we did, uh, I've said this on a hundred podcasts, but when we, when, when I worked on the Olympics, our office was the writer's room. So if you look up Chester... There's like that glass window, which is the writer's room that they like watch from or whatever. They're like rewriting stuff. So like if SNL was going on while I was working during Olympics, like you would have actually watched from my, you know, sit- while sitting at my desk, which was pretty cool. But the fun thing was like you'd- I'd come in Sunday morning at like 9 a.m. for football night in America. And like all the props, I guess the, like the union guys go home. They don't like put away the stuff at 2 a.m. So like all the props you'd have to just like walk over and pass. So you'd have like gorilla costumes and like giant sets and you just have to like sort of squeeze by like there was like the weirdest party ever just happened like in your in your like you know the lobby of your of of your workplace uh and then there would just be like random signs it would be like you know a sign from tina fey like when she goes like i had the best week you know love tina here's some brownies and there would just be like random food there so it was like weird coming into like six hours ago there was something really cool happening and now i'm just like eating my frosted flakes at my desk was the llama still there there was there was always like whatever the things were they were just there until like ten a.m. Yeah. the union guys would come and, and clean them up. All right, so, so stories aside, back to my original question. Well, what and wait, get... one other thing, like oh, okay. the script would be that I wouldn't take it because I never knew like ninety nine percent chance no one would care, but like there's a one percent chance they would care and I would get fired for taking it. But there would just be scripts, and I remember one time there was like I was just reading them like, hey, that wasn't in the show. It was like some like NBA All Star like charity thing, and it's just like. That was not in the well, show. Well, they, cu- they, they cut they, things from dress. Right, right. And by the way, when you win like, the lottery, you could when you win the lottery, the you can win it for dress or for the live performance. Right. Because mm-hmm. they do dress at eight thirty, and then they do you know, and then they do live performance right after that. Um, but by the way, uh, another uh, since we're personalizing SNL here, I think I tweeted this the other day. A couple of years ago, my friend and Akiva's friend Aton Bednarsh, every single week he would tweet uh, a complaint or a question about why Colin Jost wore the same tie uh, every single week and weekend update. And so that was, that was either last season or two seasons ago. And so I responded, and I said, I don't think it's the same tie. I think it's sort of like Jerry's girlfriend in that episode of Seinfeld. I think he owns 100 of those same ties. So I responded to Aton's tweet with that tweet, and I'm doing it during SNL, so it's like midnight. And then like half an hour later, during the SNL after party, Colin Jost likes my tweet. Nice. So I just thought it's funny that Colin Jost is sitting at the SNL after party liking my tweet because this week we heard that at the uh, SNL after party, he was making out with Scarlett Johansson. So he has definitely uh, improved his... Uh, SNL after party yeah, exactly. game. He's not liking <laughs> tweets anymore. Uh, my, my SNL tangential story, which is, you know, I haven't seen the show, but when I was, when I first got to New York four years ago, I was a waiter for some time. And Wait, was, aren't you from New York? 
I'm from Connecticut, so I'm in from like oh. the the tri-state area. But I went okay. to college in Pennsylvania, did a bunch of touring with another job, moved back here in the summer of 2013. And as I started as a waiter, I noticed that there was someone sitting at, in my restaurant for like four days straight, and I couldn't put my mind on, my head into it until I watched SNL. And like the next day, I came in, or like a couple days later, she came in. And I'm like, oh, that's Kate McKinnon, uh, and so. I like tried to play it as cool as I could, which of course means not cool at all. Uh, so I'm like, I'm, you know, I was her server. I did her orders, everything like that. I took her card and I was like, did anyone tell you that, you know, you look just like Kate McKinnon and she, Oh, that's the girl. That's the best move. Yeah. She awkwardly puts out like, <laughs> Oh, well I'm, I, I am her. And I, I, I pretty pr- pride myself a good amount on like when there are people of note around me to not flip a lid my lid was flipped, like did like a 360, all flew off, never coming back. I just went on like a mile a minute monologue about how much I loved her, about how she needs to find a recurring weekend update character because she's such a versatile comic. And <laughs> she never came back to the restaurant. So I, <laughs> and she doesn't have social media. So I have scared this woman out of this restaurant. I ended up quitting the restaurant. So I scared her away from a place that could have had her business. For the rest of her SNL tenure, I'm not entirely sure, but that's the first and only encounter I've had with an SNL cast member so far in my life. Wait, were you not sure it was her until you said that? It was one of those things where, like, you know, I I wasn't always serving her, so, like, I would be, like, walking by, and, like, you know, obviously when you're in the weeds, you don't really pay attention to that type of stuff, but that one time when I did serve her, I was like, oh, yeah, she does look a lot like Kate McKinnon. And this was also, like, 2013 was not exactly, like, she was doing pretty well, but I feel like 14, 15, 16 are, like, I'm also bad at celebrity things I wouldn't have even, like, I mean, maybe she has a distinct look, but. I saw her at the grocery store uh, last summer, or last fall, something like that. Well, she lives Upper West. Well, I live in the Upper East. I don't know. But she was was at the grocery store on on, uh, First Avenue. Um, no, but my, I think the best move for celebrities, like I saw Nick Kroll once and I said, hey, it's Fabrice Fabrice. I think the best move yeah. is to pretend that you know them as one of their characters or say like, you know. But he gets that uh, all day. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not saying it was the most original line, like but Jason it's better Manzuka's than hey, like, he says, he says like he wants a Hainong man and then you just keep walking. Yeah. <laughs> like you give his catchphrase, but you don't stop him. Well, I might be related to him because I just uh, sent Kiva a picture. Jason Manzukas looks exactly like... Um, uh, Ruff Cook, the first chief rabbi of uh, then Palestine, now Israel, who uh, was uh, or is my great great grandfather. He does look like him. And I said, do you know what all three of them have in common? You didn't answer. The three. Who's the other rabbi that yeah. you that you that you? It was it was two pictures of Ruff Cook. Oh, it was two. Uh, they yeah. none of them have social media. Oh, <laughs> Jason's not on social media. That's like his big thing. That's a oh. coincidence. <laughs> I think not. <laughs> well, I don't know. The Apparently, rabbi from the 19th we're, century. We're, well, we're finding out that Nirvana has social media, so, or Kurt yeah, Cobain. Yeah, Kurt Cobain, verified so. on Twitter, but, but yeah. Mike Bloom not. Tupac has live albums uh, coming out every year. I so, know, they, they yeah. do find a lot of music. All right, I think we're yeah. good here. Um, <laughs> wait, 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 but before, before we do that, because yes. we, we got away from that initial question, what did you guys think of this past season? Oh, um, it was good. You know what? I don't like any... I Obviously, like there's a couple stars in the cast. There's like eight people in the cast that I feel like should leave. Uh, mm-hmm. Not necessarily the people who left. Like, you know, Bobby was underutilized. Sashir was underutilized. Um, but I I think it's more than some of its parts. If that makes sense, like they have they have good hosts coming on. They're pretty. They've gotten pretty smart with the hosts. The writing is really good. Mm. You know, they're writing for home runs. Not everything hits, but I feel like it took them a while to get out of like they had the the guaranteed like Hall of Fame sketches with the Lonely Island. Then it took them a few years to sort of figure out what to do after that. But I feel like they're they don't have like that one thing now that like everyone's looking forward to every week. But they do. I, I th- the shows. Every week, like, there was a few really bad ones this year where I, like, started skipping, which I never do, but 
overall, I think, I, I think there good. were actually less bad ones than they were in an average season. I don't know. I've been, I've been on record to say I think this is a banner year for SNL. And I can totally understand where you're coming from with like, there have been people that said like SNL has a star problem. I'm also from a very different perspective in that I come from this into this with an improv comedy background. And improv comedy right. is much more about making your scene partner look good and building out an ensemble than it is really sticking out. So like, I'm totally for, you know, hey, we've got Leslie Jones and we've got Kate McKinnon, but there are also a bunch of people doing a bunch of different things. I'm not as big of a fan as like, for example, a few years ago when, you know, I love Bill Hader, love me some Kristen Wiig, but it was basically like the Bill Hader, Kristen Wiig show featuring Andy Samberg and Jason Sudeikis. You know, I like that they're giving everyone sort of their turn. Right. And also I think the women now, like they have some, you know, Kate McKinnon and A.D. Bryan, some really like strong women that'll go on to be movie stars. I don't know if the men's side is as strong right now. I'd agree with that. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I'm surprised. I thought that the general commentary of this season was sort of that it was a little bit of a letdown. Not The ratings were high because of the Trump stuff, but I thought people were a little bit disappointed. Yeah, I, I'm, I think I'm definitely against opinion. I think I've seen a lot uh, okay. of think pieces after the season about how like they thought it was a letdown, but I don't know. I feel like any season that produces David S. Pumpkins, which was like <laughs> the It feels mix. like that was five years ago, by the way. I mean, I know. there have been like, I, like anything from that era, I don't know, like the era, like pre-Trump or whatever, that feels like it was 20 years ago, David S. Pumpkins. But that was like... Yeah, my wife, my wife, we were watching, my wife had, I referenced it because in this week's episode, didn't they make a reference to it yeah, somehow? Yeah, he, he was David S. Pumpkins. Yeah, yeah. And so Jen's like, what? And I'm like, well, that's a David S. Pumpkins reference. And she had no idea what I was talking about. I'm like... We just saw this, and then I showed it to her, and she had no recollection. Yeah, it's like pre-Trump and post-Trump, uh, which part of the reason I think I didn't like this well, season is because... two kids since October, so... Yeah. yeah she <laughs> just, honestly, like, I, I'm Trumped out. It, it gets depressing. Like, seeing Alec Baldwin as Trump yeah, is, like, way, it's I mean, funny, yeah, but it's like... I, I was talking more about the cast, but, like, I don't even like Baldwin's Trump, and I, I don't want to see him anymore. I, I don't dislike it. It's just it's depressing. No, it's like, I, yeah, I also no. think, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, I think that they could totally do a pivot and do Trump without Trump. And I think that would be super interesting to do like, you know, they, they've done like, that's what, that's where the big Sean Spicer stuff came from is that they're like, you can still lampoon things that aren't necessarily involved with him himself. You could, you know, make fun of any other p- people that are in his administration that allows you to say, okay, we don't need Alec Baldwin or we don't need to bring someone on to play Donald Trump. You're much more versatile in that regard. Right, or if yeah. they just like did mention him for a whole year, that would be nice. <laughs> Kate McKinnon's the only like superstar on the show right oh, now. That's for sure true. Yeah, but she yeah, I mean, I might end up being like. Uh, well, they got rid of Taron Killam, which I thought was a mistake. Cause I thought he was awesome. Uh, Beck Bennett was probably the uh, the you know most improved player this year. He was like dominating episodes by the end of the season. But what I will also say is that I feel like they might have said like, okay, Beck Bennett's going to be replacing Taron Killam, but I feel like Mikey Day. I know he like had his whole previous career with being on the writing staff as well, so he knows that. The SNL mantra is like you got to write sketches to be in sketches, but like I feel like he had a gangbusters first year. Yeah, yeah Alex Mofat, I can only see him as uh, Eric Trump, I know. Donald Trump Jr., whichever one it is. So uh, sorry. Um, I, I mean, they have a lot of people who are good at like a, a, at a certain thing, like Leslie Jones, Kyle Mooney, Pete Davidson, but they're sort of like they have a very. It's almost like Andy Sambergish in the sense that they're not good at everything, but they're good. They have like a very funny thing that they do. Yeah, there's it's, and, it's interesting because I feel yeah. like in SNL. And SNL, you can be two different types of things, I feel like, going in. You can either be an actor or a comic where, like, you know, you could be someone who very clearly was, like, a stand-up, like a Pete Davidson who doesn't really have acting experience. Or you could be someone who's an actor like Vanessa Bayer who doesn't really do stand-up but, like, can do very funny things. I feel like there are – you said there are a good handful of comics, but I feel like there are a good handful of actors, too, where, like, 
a lot of these pre-tape stuff was really, really well acted. And whether or not it was funny is definitely up for interpretation, but it feels like the performances themselves are good just because they have a really high caliber of talent from an actor perspective there. Yeah. Well, they're going to have to replace a couple of people, right? Because Moynihan's leaving. Yeah, we lost Moynihan, Vanessa Bayer, and Sashir Zameda. So we'll oh, I didn't know Sashir was going. That's too bad. It was, a, it was a little bit, unfortunately, and Sashir is totally talented. I've seen her do a couple of things from the improv community uh, in UCB here. But I think it was just one of those things like what happened with Jenny Slade or Casey Wilson, where it's a little bit of a square peg into a round hole. I'm glad that she was on the show for as long as she was. But it was a little bit of an afterthought where, you know, we found out Bobby was leaving in the middle of the week. Vanessa, they said Vanessa like the day before that she was leaving. And then we found out afterwards, after the finale, that Sashir had left. But I could, I don't know if there might be a couple more people leaving. People were speculating that Bobby and uh, that uh, well, so Ky- Thompson can't be on the show forever, like unless that's just his plan. I, I think it's just like, you know, whenever... I guess it's a nice paycheck, and nobody yeah. else is offering him a better one, so why not stay? And he likes it, but I, I think he does have a family. It might get to the point where he's like, you know, I don't want to do this anymore, but I don't think he would do it to, like, move on to higher prospects. Right, so then may as well stay. Yeah. I mean, so it's we'll, a job. Everyone's got to work. I mean, so we'll I know see. I know there were some rumors that, like, Kyle and Beck were moving on because they were in that, like, graduation sketch. In the, yeah, that the was end, weird. The, they the didn't end. get, like, carried off at the end, so maybe they were just in there. It's also weird who gets, like, the big buys. Like... Kristen Wiig got like the biggest goodbye ever, right? She had like Paul McCartney sing to her, and uh, yeah, Mick, yeah, Mick, Mick Jagger sang to her for like the another graduation thing. But like, it, it, it's weird because like in the, that that next year, you had Bill Hader get his big like Stefan goodbye during Weekend Update, and then you have Jason Sudeikis like sheepishly go off in the middle of the summer. So like, I think it really depends. I would not be surprised if we see like two more people leave over the course of the summer. Hmm. All right, this was fun. Uh, Chester, what do we got next week? We got no plans. Yeah, but we didn't know about this until like a couple days ago. I know, this was planned. If anybody has any idea, you know, we're not doing football till August. So we got like Mm -hmm. 10, 12 more weeks. If anyone, Mike gave me an idea that we'll discuss off high, but if anyone has any uh, fun uh, suggestions for uh, things we could do, you know, pitch yourself as a guest, uh, you know, whatever you want. We'll uh, tournaments, uh, lists, one offs. We're, we're open for ideas because we still got some time to fill. But uh, hopefully you enjoy this. And uh, uh, I don't know. So, Chester, do you want to sign us off? All right. Well, Mike, thanks for joining us. Uh, Mike can be found uh, on his various podcasts on Twitter. Where else can you be found, Mike? Yeah, you can. I do a bunch of podcasts. You can find me on Twitter at a Mike Bloom type. I, uh, I usually post my podcast there. A recent announcement. Uh, I am also going to be covering a little bit of Survivor in the fall. I just announced that I'll be doing Survivor exit interviews for Parade Magazine, a spot previously occupied by the great Josh Wiggler in the fall. It's a few months from now, but I figure I'd make the announcement nice and early on likes this year's Ameda. So, and thank you guys so much for having me on. Uh, this was a nice little hat trick to finish things off, and uh, I can't wait to hear what you guys are doing next. All right, Mike, um, thanks for joining us. Yeah, Mike became, becoming a journalist. Yeah. <laughs> journalism, journalism is really easy, by the way. Yeah, that's just don't get attacked by any uh, congressional candidates. That'll be my number. That's the, the number one rule. Keith, do you know Ben Jacobs? Do I know him? Yeah. Oh, is he like a guy I should know? Like he's like. I mean, we have a lot of friends in common. With Ben Jacobs. Uh, Go on Facebook. Where's he see. from? I don't know. I don't know where, I don't know where anybody's from. Is where he in New York? Oh, you're from Long Island. I knew that. No, but go on Facebook. Uh, you'll see. You have a lot of friends. I don't know. I sure. probably don't have any. Well, you're not a big Facebook guy. So. I'm not a big Facebook guy. Yeah, Jews should not go to Montana. If It's either going to be a bear or a Republican, but somebody's going to get you. So. <laughs> is that, is or, that the or, rule? or a berry Republican. <laughs> 
I don't know. Are Bears Republicans or Democrats? I have no mutual friends with Ben Jacobs, just FYI. Oh. All right. Anyways, thanks for joining us, Mike and Akiva. I will talk to you next week. Right. Bye. Bye-bye. That's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.